snowing where you are? It feels like it could be snowing here. And the bad thing is I can't even put my hoodie up because of my headphones. My hoodie will go around my headphones. Let me see if I can try it. Ooh. Ow. All right, that might work. (laughs) Welcome in. Hey, good evening. Welcome into the show. I'm bundled up. I'm bundled up tightly because it's cold. Welcome into the show. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Let's see who's hanging out with us on a traditional Talking Trek server sound off. You guys hit it. Let's see who's hanging out with us. Hey, Starbase, what's up, buddy, on server 8? Welcome in. Chuck's the grind on 32. Pops on 37. Shade on server 18. Data Systems Technical Chief on server 27. Welcome. Kukar on 17. Kiriko on 145. Nostromo server 30. Killer Orange on server 17. Welcome in. Chuck's the grind on server 32. Appreciate it. Maztec. Welcome. Server 32. Truck and Chick on 26. Twab on 22. Skeet Cannon. <laughs> I like it. Welcome. On server 143, Razik on 15. Tabby Moza on 20. El Cheapo on server 196. Welcome into the show. Blue Mandalorian on server 8. Welcome. Bernard on 28. Dr. Link on 43. Dirty Snowman joining us on server 37. Dunk on 15. Zakara, 136. Cano, 152. Metal on server 8. Korat Damar on server 15. Spicy Bubbles on server 17. Welcome into the show. Welcome in to the show. Hey, Phoenix, 199, Quackfu, 31, Battle Droid, server 13, and 60 degrees here. That's what he says in Washington State. Welcome into the show. Chronic Break on server 18, M Panther, server 25 and 37. Welcome. Hey, K Horn, server 8. Welcome to the show. No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Punch my clown on 36. Scaly back from the Outback. Welcome in, buddy, on 193. Hydra on 32. Welcome. Snipe says server 17, cross server champions in the house. Appreciate it. Tammy Mose on 20, welcome. Hey Meow, server 27. <laughs> Fartasia, Elkar's founder on 190, welcome into the show. Hey Gallup on 21, Data on 32. What's up, executive producer Snake Eyes? Welcome back. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, hey, Blokemon, 134 and Sleepy in the UK. I know it's late for you. Hey, Hudson, 146, welcome into the show. Jayberg on 32. Appreciate you being here. Orion Pack, server 15, Stevens Aaron, moderator on 129 and 79 additional messages. You guys have lit up the room. Thank you guys for being here late on this Sunday evening and early on Monday morning for some others. I uh, appreciate you guys so very much being here. Your mics are potted up, and uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, late here uh, as it is it is kind of cold I am uh, for those of you who don't know I've got this studio kind of set up out in my garage and so it's cold it's cold out here so I'm going to rely on talking quickly and you guys getting me excited so that I can uh, I can potentially warm up uh, Tabby Moses says any extra special news for us tonight well since you asked of course ladies and gentlemen live from the talking trick studios it's time for the stupid news stupid news News. News. It's time for the news. <laughs> time for the news, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, yeah. 
No, it's not going to be like a speed show. I just, I gotta, I gotta move quick. I gotta, I gotta bounce around. I gotta. Okay, uh, guys, this is interesting. So the rest of the world is apparently taking bets on what's going to happen this coming week here in the United States. British odds makers saying that the 2020 presidential election here in the States is now the most bet-on event in history with a staggering $260 million already been wagered on the outcome of the presidential election. People are itching to gamble after going half a year without sports. I'm guessing what it is. I know a guy who got so anxious to gamble he started eating White Castle. Uh, yeah, but anyway, $200, $260 million bet. Um, uh, but once you convert Hunter Biden's money to American dollars, it's actually closer to like $50 million, probably. Uh, hey, here's some Florida news for you. Guys, can't make this up. A Florida man was mauled by a leopard after he asked for it. Yes, he paid for a full contact experience with the uh, with the cat. Um, he had a coupon, but still wound up costing him an arm and a leg. But um, yes, thank you. That's me clapping for myself in an effort to warm up my hands. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, the guy's okay, or we'd probably never joke about it. Uh, on the air, anyway. Costco is in the news, pulling all merchandise from Thailand that are made with forced monkey labor. Folks, did you hear about this? This is a real story. Apparently, Thailand's coconuts are picked by monkeys who are forced to work long hours, and they don't have a union because their last boss went bananas. <laughs> but if, you, <laughs> if you're keeping score at home, yes, Thailand is banning monkeys from picking coconuts, but underage hookers are still a thing. Yeah, that's okay in Thailand, but no, don't don't let the monkeys work overtime. Uh, a Baby Yoda portrait was unveiled at London's National Portrait Gallery. The National Portrait Gallery is the priciest museum on the planet. To put it in Yoda terms, um, <clears throat> way too expensive to get in it is. That was good, right? That was good. Uh, they've never had Star Wars fans before, so they're excited about this new virgin territory. Uh, the babysitter in the new Borat movie says she feels betrayed because she thought she was participating in a real documentary about a young girl being groomed to marry a rich man. And she is quoted as saying that I prayed for the girl every day until the movie came out. <laughs> there is no joke here, folks. Honest to goodness, the story is joke enough. I am kidding. She, I, I'm not kidding. She, she thought it was like a legit thing. Could you imagine being paid to act in a movie and then finding out that what you were doing was not at all what you thought you were doing? Like, I don't know how you find yourself in that position. Like, wouldn't you ask a question if you got paid to be in a movie? Wouldn't you ask, like, you know, what it's about? Would you read a script or something? Goodness. Um, here's in the news. How about this? Notoriously reclusive two-and-a-half men star Angus Young. Angus Young left his L.A. home to watch firefighters extinguish a blaze uh, down his block. Apparently, he hasn't seen anything get that blaze since he stopped working with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Where's my, where's my little thing? There it is. Thank you. Uh, the city of Los Angeles continues to celebrate the Dodgers World Series championship. So if you do see uh, smoke over L.A., those are not wildfires. Um, it is the Dodgers' first win in the World Series since 1988, and a lot's changed since then. Uh, the hottest show on TV, for example, at the time was T.J. Hooker. 
TJ Hooker. And now you can't even say the word, uh, word Hooker on TV. You have to you have to use the word Kardashian uh, now. So there you go. Uh, finally tonight, guys, uh, your last story here. Uh, a wild brawl broke out on a Spirit Airlines flight from New Jersey to Puerto Rico after a woman refused to wear a mask. Witnesses aboard the Spirit Airlines flight say it was complete madness, people screaming, garbage everywhere, and then the fight broke out. <laughs> <laughs> the woman was ultimately tasered and taken off the plane. It'll go down as the calmest flight in Spirit history. Uh, the funny thing is, <laughs> I know. Funny thing is, if you actually Google Spirit Airlines brawl, you'll get about 10,000 uh, 10, fights to choose from. Seriously, Spirit Airlines is like a flying Waffle House, guys. All right, there's always something crazy going on, and the Spirit Airlines. Um, and, and you know what, Tabby Moza, I would not put, I would not take something as serious as Sean Connery and put him in my stupid news, because that was like real news, right? Uh, the world lost another hero. You know, F you, 2020. Seriously, sit and spin, 2020. Uh, it's been a hell of a year, and uh, in all seriousness, lost a hero to many uh, this past week in Sean Connery. The original 007 played him in seven movies, and he passed away at the age of 90 uh, this past week. So thoughts and prayers to his family, and uh, just kudos to him and his life of work. Uh, brought a lot of entertainment to a lot of people, and then even outside the, the James Bond movies, like he did, uh, he did a lot of, of other stuff, and even brought us a fair amount of comedy. Right, uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. I mean, he man, he just did. He did a bunch of stuff. So, uh, Godspeed, Sean Connery. Appreciate uh, everything you've done for the planet Earth, and uh, thoughts and prayers to your family. Uh, yeah, f you, twenty twenty. Just, just f you. All right. Uh, anyway, good evening. Welcome into the show, everybody. I appreciate you guys all being here. Your mics are potted up. Like to uh, take a take a quick peek in here and see if we've got some of our guests here. Uh, good evening to you. Welcome in to my right hand man, the dude Harley Quinn. Gregor is with us. Good evening to you, sir. Welcome to the show. What up, man? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, Vitamin THC is here handling the technical stuff. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Also, uh, thank you to our executive producer, Snake Eyes, who makes his return this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, Snake Eyes is here. What's up, y'all? Snake Eyes is here after uh, potentially life-altering. Well, probably not even potentially. I would imagine that's a life-altering surgery. How you doing, buddy? You holding up well? You recovering okay? Yeah, I'm a lot, I'm a lot of sore, taking a lot of pills. Uh, and, yeah, it definitely is a life-changing surgery. Uh, yeah. There are certain things that I just cannot do anymore. Like? I haven't had a cigarette since the day of the surgery. Oh, well, that's good. That's good, man. Just Just keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah, leave that leave that stuff alone. That's good. Welcome. Well, we appreciate you being here. Welcome back, and uh, Godspeed in your recovery as well. Uh, lots of good people here tonight, and uh, I'd like to, uh, to say welcome to you guys. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, Snake Eyes, over the last several weeks, has been uh, giving us uh, some news uh, in, in his personal health life. And, and again, Snake, you, you put it out there, so I didn't feel so bad as to kind of keeping people up to speed. But here several weeks ago, just said he wasn't feeling right, right? You said you just weren't feeling right. Uh, well, I, I had had uh, a couple of heart attacks in the past, so I knew what I felt like before those heart attacks. And guys, so let, me, my doctor yeah, and said, let me tell you, your body can I'm tell feeling you. feeling that way again. Yeah. 
Your body can tell you. Uh, and he felt it. He went to the doctor, and sure enough, double bypass, right? Double bypass surgery, open heart surgery, up, which is a very scary thing. Ended up thing. being a triple bypass. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm so glad that, uh, that you're okay and doing well. We appreciate you uh, keeping us up to speed. And, uh, gosh, I just can't imagine what a terrifying experience that must have been. So, uh, you guys, uh, you know, on a serious note, listen to your body. Okay, your body is is pretty good at, at picking up on things. All right, it can tell you when something goes wrong. So, uh, anyway, yeah, just take it easy, relax, and uh, sit back and enjoy the ride, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the show. We've got a lot of stuff to get to tonight, so uh, let's dive right in. First of all, happy Halloween. Hope everybody had a wonderful evening trick or treating. Uh, everybody get uh, fair amounts of uh, of good candy. Did you guys get? Uh, did you guys get any? Uh, and find any houses with the full-size candy bars? Because we found one or two. <laughs> we, we went out trick-or-treating. We found, we found a couple of houses with Capri Suns. Uh, found a couple of houses. You know what, uh, El Cheapo, you said that uh, a lot of – listen, you're not wrong. A lot of towns canceled their Halloween. Uh, our town went ahead with it, but I'll tell you what they did. They encouraged the homes – they encourage the homes to set the treats out on the outside uh, and kind of do like a, a socially distant trick-or-treating. And so that's what happened. A lot of the homes in our neighborhood would set out a table, and they had like individually wrapped. Like you couldn't even stick your hand in a bowl and take candy. They had individually wrapped uh, treat bags for the kids, and uh, I thought that was really, really cool. That was really, really cool. We saw several trick-or-treaters out and about in our neighborhood uh, or our, the neighborhood where we trick-or-treat. Nobody comes up on the mountain. <laughs> Nobody comes up here. But, uh, yeah, they set out um, these little tables, and they were decorated nicely and, and had individually wrapped treat bags, you know, with a couple of pieces of candy or something in it, like in a snack bag or something like that. So that was cool. The kids got to do that and uh, still got some candy. But we had we had fun with it. Landon, my oldest, had more fun. I, I had more fun with him last night than even the trick-or-treating because he got – he got one of the masks. You guys have probably seen this. It was like a purge mask. Uh, it seems to be really popular this year. I saw like two or three kids with them. Uh, it's like a mask with like an LED light up, and it's got X's over the eyes and stuff, and it's really creepy at dark, like super creepy. So he was not even trying to do a whole lot of trick-or-treating. He was just trying to scare people. Like He'd walk up to people's cars, just stand right in front of the car. And, and not move, just stare at him, tilt his head a little bit, like all creepy. I told him the only thing that we could have done better is like let him drag a shovel. You know, <laughs> you know, like drag a shovel or, or drag uh, some kind of metal grinding, you know, something that makes a bunch of loud noise. It would have been a lot of fun. But, yeah, yes, those are it, Snake Eyes. Those are the masks. Landon got one of those, and, buddy, he creeped people out. He creeped people. He creeped me out. Just watching what he was doing to, like, cars and, and yelling at people and stuff. It was crazy. Um, so it was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, happy Halloween for those of you who celebrated. Happy Trek or Treat uh, for the rest of you. Happy Trek or Treat as uh, we got uh, yet another holiday event. And I'm going to say, Scopely, pretty daggone well done. Pretty daggone well done, folks. Let's recap this very quickly. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it uh, because it's, golly, it's already over, okay? But uh, I do want to break it down very quickly because it was a very, very well-paying event. Uh, you know, Scopely's done pretty daggone good, folks, with the holiday events over the last year. I remember the last one uh, that was really super good was Christmas. Um, I think Valentine's Day left a little to be desired. It wasn't quite as good as Christmas, but then, you know, we had a pretty good Easter one. Uh, and now this Halloween one, 
really good. Really, really good. You say the triple one was the best one ever. That was April Fool's, and I don't disagree. But, yeah, Trek or Treat ranks up there for me, folks, uh, mainly because – you got opportunities to kind of choose what you wanted to spend on. You could get, you know, independent credits, active nanoprobes, Gregor. I know how many people have been have been screaming about the opportunity at active nanoprobes, right? So uh, that was good to see. Uh, Federation, or not Federation, but any faction credits, faction recruit tokens, uh, some just good stuff, right? Some really good stuff. They also brought back that guaranteed unlock pack. It looks like Captain Mark purchased one of those and got 100 shards of MUD 2.0. So, uh, yeah, really good, Scopely. Very well done, very well designed. The rewards were amazing uh, for the amount of work that we had to do. Gregor, you and I were comparing notes. Now, you know, both you and I are not huge Faction Hunt fans, and this obviously was definitely a a clear spin on faction hunt but uh what was your effort what what did you have to put in effort wise uh 50s it was uh i had to kill about 25 50s how does that how does that compare to a normal uh faction hunt for you was that uh because i think what i'm seeing right across the board is roughly about half did anybody yeah, see it was it was about half a uh, little little more than half but yeah okay slightly more you know that that uh helped the grind let me ask you this gregor just you know, out of curiosity and just for conversation's sake, if anybody uh, who right now currently does not like Faction Hunt just because it is such a mega grind, I know you've said that, Gregor. I agree. It's, I mean, it's over 300 hostels for me to complete a normal Faction Hunt. Um, do you feel like this would be an appropriate milestone to be set, you know, if, if we were able to maybe sway Scopely into a normal, you know, to Faction Hunt? Was this milestone, do you think, a little bit more... Uh, tolerable, a little bit more obtainable. Yeah, it was an improvement for sure. I still feel like this should be one event, not hunting three different factions, but one event, hunt whatever faction you want and whatever ratio you want. I don't think it should have to be like yeah, specific ones, but whatever. Yeah, I get that, but then you then you you lose some of the rewards that might be locked down to a specific faction. It it does affect the upper level players. El Cheapo says you don't have to do all three, and that's true. But the rewards are pretty daggone good, right? El Cheapo, I mean, they're they're really good. Uh, but you know, when you get up to the the post forty area. You know, it, obviously, it gets expensive to do the event, but not only that. You know, reputation, <laughs> reputation is hard to come by up there, especially if you're trying to grind to that one billion mark. So, you know, taking any kind of negative reputation is is a little bit uh, is a little bit frustrating sometimes. So, nonetheless, I actually really enjoyed it. Go ahead. Did you ask me like why why couldn't we just like decide to kill Klingon more Klingon ships to earn the Federation side? I think that's what. Saying, like, that's exactly what to, he's saying you it, can still do all three but just kill you know one specific faction again like, quote unquote i hurting your reputation yeah see again i totally understand the concept i i i'm going to be a harder sell on that because i i believe that the rewards and the effort per faction are supposed to tie into the faction you know but but i totally get it you know those of you who are trying to grind towards one billion reputation it you know you got to take a hard look as to you know how much damage am i doing by participating in this event you know so i i totally understand but you know here's the thing um you know and and gregor obviously you've had this idea you're not wanting to take a step back at all but I, uh, for example, you know, I've been working on Romulan. So when I, I did my Klingon, I did my Federation. But when I did my Romulan, I made sure not to hit traitors. 
Uh, yeah, right. I made I made sure to hit yeah. warships and not traitors. But you know, so I mean, I guess there's little things you could do. But uh, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I also like the fact that it is somewhat, you know, related to the three factions. Narrative wise, it makes sense. You know, but uh, I did. You know, I did like these milestones. Uh, and 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 all you know, all things considered, I like the milestones. The payout was phenomenal, guys. We posted a video on this. Thank you, Snake Eyes, for getting this out. Posted a video. Guess the payout was incredible for free because you got these gummies, right? And and it was cute because we had the gummies, you know, and and you could eat them or you could share them or you could sell them. And um, you know, again, the event is over, but some of you guys did the share route. The thing with the share route is you really had to get the entire alliance on board. You know, you had to get the entire lines on board to do that, but you could have earned. Actually, it was almost a time and a half. You could have earned uh, 150% of the rewards for eating the candy. Um, I'm sorry, 150% of the awards for sharing the candy as eating the candy if you got everybody in your alliance to do that. Daytrade says, I told them to share or they were going to get kicked, <laughs> booted. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of alliances did that. I uh, I also looked at selling it because I really wanted those active probes. Yes, yeah, Snipes, I sold mine for independent credits and probes. So, yeah, and, and as Chick said, we had a choice. And that is one of the things, Gregor, that we always talk about. We want choice. And uh, I think this one was done really really well so um you know the the rewards were good uh the milestones were good the alliance milestones were good and then the event store was good i think it was just it was all really really good uh really really good, good. yeah i agree the, the thing was you could you could only share once so if you got everyone to share once you then had the choice to then either eat or sell yeah you could still you know for free you got to think you basically got two pulls per faction so if everybody did one pull per faction in the sharing, then you still could have done one for yourself, you know, whether you ate it or you sold it. So, uh, yeah, El Cheapo says, I shared one, sold one. And, uh, and <laughs> on the other hand, Korat says, sharing from a team member actually put me above my faction level, and I had to bring it back down if you're, if you're trying to control faction. Which, Gregor, you know, this brings up an interesting point that you, that you brought up. The, the only complaint that you said that you had was that a true reputation gift should be a gift, right? Should be positive without a negative impact, right? That's correct. Because because if you did try to do that with all three, then you threw yourself out of balance. Uh, and I don't disagree with that. You know, just a, and that's a very minor thing. But as a minor note, if you're going to offer a gift as of reputation, I don't know that it should come with a negative impact elsewhere. You know, let it let it just be a let it just be a positive gift. You know, we've seen this a couple of times in the past where uh, you could have gotten positive rep, but it also comes paired up with negative rep. Uh, it would have been nice just But did uh, the share come with the negative rep? Only for yourself, but you didn't share negative rep with others, though. Well, uh, no, you didn't share negative rep, but if you ate the candy, then uh, if you ate the candy, yeah, the gift was positive rep, which is what Korad says. It sent me up. But even for the player, like if I'm going to eat the candy, I would have liked to have not done damage to the other reps. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's a minor thing. Overall, I think the event was great. I'm still giving it an A+. Plus. I, I think the, the, the event was great. Um, I do want to spend just a couple of minutes on this, though, Gregor. One thing that they tried new this time was in those pay packs, uh, they offered a different type of alliance gift. Okay. Uh, now, I've had some time to think about this, even uh, between the time that I did the video, because that was the one complaint that I had. 
was uh, was were these alliance gifts, and uh, and I still do to a to a certain extent have a little bit of an issue with it. But but I keep reminding myself, folks. I keep reminding myself that the alliance gifts. Um, they're not supposed to be great, okay? Steven Zaren, you've actually got it right. I like the way that they're headed with that, but obviously the content still need work. I don't disagree. First of all, I do like the concept. I like the concept, but I think we could simplify it, right? Uh, so here's the thing. In any time that your alliance mates ever buy a pack, all right, any time that your alliance mates have ever bought a pack, you get a gift, all right? Now, that gift could be 10 standard recruit tokens. It, we've seen five-minute speed-ups. Man, I tell you, Gregor, one of the gifts that I missed the most were the one-hour shields. You remember the one-hour shields? Has anybody seen a one-hour shield in this game in the last year? All right, because I would I love, so, yeah. I'd love to see the one-hour shields again. Um, but normally what we get, normally what we get is a five-minute speed-up. Okay? Now, a five-minute speed-up is very small. Okay, very small and not anything that anybody has really ever complained about. As a matter of fact, the only complaint that we've ever seen is, gosh, I just spent a hundred dollars and the best you're gonna do for my team is a five minute speed up. Okay. I was gonna so, say the whales complain about it more than anybody else. Well, it seems like they would. They're spending a lot more money. All right. Now Here's the the thinking that Scopely had, which I think they're on the right track. They wanted to improve that value some. But what we what we chose seemed to be a little bit odd to me. So what we what we had to choose from, basically what they did is they awarded these tokens. The tokens then had a refinery, but the refinery, like for example, the the normal token had a refiner or not a refinery, but a chance. It was a, it was a chance roll at steel, trite, or dill. Now those amounts seem very paltry, right? They seem very small, and that's okay. That's okay. They they're supposed to be small, okay? They're supposed to be small. They've always been small. All right. Um, and so, but, but people were, were upset about it. They were like, well, I'd rather have the speed up. Well, you still had an opportunity at the speed ups, right? You had an opportunity at the speed ups in the rare alliance gift. And that one was arguably a little bit better because you still had the chance at dill and trite and steel, but you also had a chance at like 30 uh, or 15, 30 minute speed ups and, and, you know, this or that. And of course, they did scale by ops level, okay? Um, and so, arguably, the rare alliance gift was a little bit better, but again, still seemed pale in comparison to, to you know, what a gift should be. But, but, folks, but better than a five minute speed up, FYI, okay? They were better than a five minute speed up. So, and I think that that's what they were going after. However, they said in the news center that we are, we are trying something new. And guys, I, listen, I'm not ever going to sit here and say, uh, don't try new stuff. As a matter of fact, I've said the opposite of that for the last year. You know, I like when they try new stuff. I like when they have new ideas and fresh takes on things, okay? So I'm okay with them changing up the model because, listen, let's face it, if somebody spends $100, I do feel like the gift should be more than a five-minute speed-up, right? Okay, that's what I feel. So I'm okay with this model. I just wasn't 100% sure about the items contained within the chest. So, Gregor, you and I were having a conversation last night about this, and uh, we were discussing what do you think we should see? 
And I said, well, if you're going to do something like this, I kind of think that it should be something a little bit, maybe a little bit harder. Uh, and, and again, maybe this is not the idea with the Alliance gifts. But hey, how about throw in, yeah, maybe a chance at a reload token. How about a chance possibly at uh, five uncommon or a chance at uh, five faction credits or a chance at, you know, some Armada directives or something like that, right? And Gregor, I, you had an even better idea. <laughs> you had an even better idea, which takes into account what everybody else has, uh, has kind of said in the last two seconds here. Uh, Bernard says, did we really need two additional currencies in the game? All right, somebody else here a few minutes ago said, uh, they're in a totally separate tab, and I can't redeem more than one at a time. It was multiple clicks and multiple time waste, right? So uh, a couple of people have, have said this, that it, it just felt uh, awkward, right? Uh, that it wasn't as smooth and seamless as collecting gifts now. Um, and you had a really, really good idea. And Scopely, I think that if you wanted to increase the value of Alliance Gifts, I think this is the way to do it because it gives you a currency in choice and uh, still continues to allow the Alliance Gift process to be uh, single press, time efficient, and really smooth. Gregor, what was your idea? You want to share it? Uh, yeah. Uh, can you do it? Can you just tell them? I need a couple minutes here. <laughs> okay, no problem. No problem. And, and you know what? Snake Eyes actually shares your idea. Snake Eyes says, hey, how about make it super easy? Just make it varying degrees or varying amounts of Alliance credits. And you know what? I like that idea because right now you can use Alliance credits to buy shields, uh, officer recruit pulls, um, uh, reload tokens, uh, armada directives, avatars if you want them. Okay. So, uh, you know, here's what you could do, Scopely, because then everything stays in one tab. There's not an additional currency. You can claim them all at once. You can spend them where you want them. And, and so I don't know about other people, but me personally, I would very much enjoy seeing Alliance credits issued as gifts. And they could be varying. If it's a $20 pack, give $20 or give 20 Alliance credits. If it's a $100 pack, give 100 That's not a game-breaking amount, but you know what? You can buy a shield or two with it. Um, you know, if you get an alliance that spends a lot of money, you can get some, uh, I mean, that's two reload tokens, okay, for example. Uh, but I also think you could take the alliance store and spice that up a little bit. So, again, I think you're, you're super onto the right track. I like this. And you know what? Here's why we're talking about it, Shade. Um, they say, hey, we want your feedback on this. All right, we're trying something new, and we want your feedback. Well, I... I'm all for you trying something new. I appreciate you trying something new. And I think that this feedback could be a really good thing. Don't give up on the idea. Let's just change the currency. And and then what you could do is you've already got an Alliance store. So let's add a couple things. If you want the focus to be on resources, then offer resources cheaply in the Alliance store. Don't do it in token form either. Do it just like you did right here in raw form. All right, so the Alliance credits, I mean, what, what would you guys think? Take, take a look right here. Uh, 100 Alliance credits could be spent on 500,000 steel, all right, or 20,000 dilithium, just like here in Scaly's screen back, or uh, Scaly's screen back, Scaly back screenshot, <laughs> okay? So um, my personal feedback, you know, when we were talking about it, 
was just thinking, hey, you could cut down on these two currencies and make it something we've already got and still make it a shoppable product. Uh, and that contributes to a little bit of choice. If people want to buy the resources with it, absolutely. If they want to buy shields with it, they can do that. If they want to buy reload tokens, they can do that. And I think you generate some goodwill there by letting players choose. That's what we just said about the event store and about the Halloween event. Choosing is what made everybody happy choosing so you could do the same thing with these gifts and actually i think that would be a great move for all gifts moving forward is just giving you a little bit of currency that's already existing in the game that allows you to choose a little something extra so uh any ideas that that you guys are thinking of as far as i mean i i would like to welcome your all's feedback we'll spend about five minutes on it and then we're going to get into the uh the beef of today's show but uh yeah scopely wants your feedback so let's see what you guys had come up with what ideas did you guys have uh, Phoenix says what we would I really mean, like is more uh, of the existing currencies, not new ones. I don't disagree. Okay. Uh, what else uh, What else are you guys thinking? Hey, DJ. Yep. Uh, the only beef I got with the new currency was they just had the crit, all that stuff, but they didn't have any ore or anything like that that you need to help upgrade your ships or anything. Well, That's the only thing I... I did. I I got beef with. Sure. Yeah. No. I agree. You could have put. But again, remember, this is supposed to be a small gift. It's supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to be. Uh, paltry isn't the right word, but it's. I mean, the replacement yeah, yeah, yeah. was a five minute speed up. Okay. So I mean, unless you put like one or two, you know, one or two uncommon or something like that, you know, it's not supposed to be big. But um, you know, you could now. You know, uh, some of you are saying, "Well, that could potentially get messy because players already get alliance currency outside of the gifts." But I don't know that that's a bad thing because I mean, if you've got an active alliance, you're going to get more alliance currency, and that actually kind of makes sense, right? I mean, that really, truthfully, that kind of makes sense. If your alliance is more active, you're going to get more alliance currency. And and therefore can buy a few more items out of the out of your alliance store. I, I don't know that that's a bad thing. You know, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's a, it, it either goes either way. I mean, I mean that's the only beef I had with it. I mean, besides that, I'm I'm glad they actually tried to spice it up actually yeah. for a change. I mean, I've been off and on for a while, so I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the overall feedback is good job, Scopely. Very well-designed event. Uh, Well-designed new method in gifting. But, you know, hey, you asked for the feedback. Let's tweak it a little bit, but I think we can can do it. Uh, Absher says better alliance rewards may push players to not only be more active in events, but maybe spend a little bit more money. I mean, if they're actually doing some good for their alliance. Gosh, imagine imagine adding an item to the alliance store, guys. Um, how many of you guys would compete a little bit harder in these alliance events that give out the alliance credits if, say, 250 alliance credits equaled five uncommon? Right? I mean, that would be a good conversion, right? I think 250 alliance credits for five uncommon. It's not huge. All right. It's still small, but it's a using a currency we've already got. And, and I mean, hey, that, that would be – you want to talk about a gift that would really get players excited as far as alliance gifting goes – you know, give them a choice. Let them spend on something that may be that may be good. Phoenix says maybe more like ten guys. Again, remember, <laughs> remember, it's not supposed to be super huge. Okay, right turn. Clyde says a thousand alliance credits now already equals a billion par. Is that right? No, 
Is that right? A thousand alliance credits equals one billion par. I think he's asking for that. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't know. Holy crap! Why have I been struggling for par steel, Gregor? If I could turn in a thousand credits for par, so for guys, the same reason that it took you uh, a whole year, two years to get Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate that. Anyway, the point is is simple. Uh, great, great job, Scopely. Let's let's tighten up a little bit. Maybe let's modify that gift model. I think you're onto something. But uh, let's simplify it a little bit and maybe give. Have a little bit of choice and use an existing currency and and you know. what i like what i like the most about it is them looking at the gameplay and saying you know i know this has been a feature for a long time is that really a useful feature does it do what it should do does it have value and making adjustments you know absolutely like, very good point because for the longest time alliance gifts have been kind of like kira bps right we're accumulating them but it's not really a big deal <laughs> Right, we're not excited about the alliance gifts because they're just going to come. Right, so you know, I, I agree. Taking a look at something that needs a little bit of love and attention, and uh, and doing it, cool, and uh, and I like that very very much. And and just for the record, guys, I am going to go out on a limb and and defend Scopely with this following statement: the reason that they did it with resources <laughs> is because we've been screaming about resources. And by the way, did you happen to notice they were not in token form? These were raw. Now, again, they were small. They were small, but they were raw. And that is one thing that I can give Scopely credit on. That's been a piece of feedback for a long time. And they, you know, they said, well, hey, listen, let's try to see what we can do. Guys, remember, for, for at, at my level, okay, if my chance landed on steel, it was $1 million. Now, it is small, Kukar. I know it's not It's not supposed five-minute speed-ups, guys. That's what it replaced, a single five-minute speed-up. All right, but the resources that it put out into the community is rateable. All right, that is rateable. So, you know, again, we can get back to the drawing board on it, but it, I think it was a step in the right direction. Can, can I say something real quick, DJ? Of course. Uh, the, the, the point behind the Alliance gift is kind of like when you use your credit card and the change rounded up gets put in your savings account, that's what you're getting. You're getting the change from your alliance member making a massive purchase, and you and then the leftovers are getting shared between the alliance. That's funny that you say that, because I even used that example in the official Discord the other day. I said, what Scopely is telling the person who bought the pack is to keep the change, right? <laughs> keep the change. It's like going, big country, it's like going through the Taco Bell drive through and your order comes out to $72.04, and they say, do you want to round up the $0.96? Cents? And big country's like, well, I'm already spending $74, might as well make it 75 and uh, they put $0.96, cents, you know, towards children's education or something like that. That's what they're doing, folks. Uh, yeah, big country says round up for the kids always. All right, I do too. All right, I always round up for the kids, but that's a totally different point. That's what they're doing. They're rounding up and they're saying to the alliance, keep the change. Keep the change. All right, guys, it's not supposed to be super huge. But uh, anyway, I think we're on to a good thing, and, and, you know, we can keep on with it. Scopely is looking for your feedback, so let's continue to talk about it uh, throughout the discords and on the official and and, uh, see if we can get that feedback report to them so that we can see this reiterated in a more positive way uh, moving down the road. Okay, uh, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take a very quick break right here. I know it's a little bit early, but I want to do this because I do not want to interrupt the next segment. Gregor, we have been working for this. Uh, we've been working on this segment for two weeks, uh, maybe even longer. Has it been longer than two weeks? We've been working on this segment for a while. A minute, a minute or two. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been it's been a hot couple of minutes, guys. Uh, when we come back, 
we are going to talk to you about research, research formulas, research efficiency, research buffs, net effects, and why 95% of the community believe that research is broken and why it's actually not, okay? We're going to talk about it. Guys, get out your pocket protectors, get out your calculators, get out your pens and your notepads. We are going to nerd it up coming up here right after this break. My name is Ultimate DJs. We'll be back in just a moment on Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Don't go anywhere. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Crappers, the disposable diapers that really ride up. Tonight on the Bachelorette Politics Edition, Cindy needs a man she can vote for. I can't believe you don't support my party. Get out of the hot tub, you loser. But, babe. Get out. Twelve men will try to address her biggest issues. What do you think of the Supreme Court justice? Yeah, I think the glass is half full. I've got your glass right here, you animal. Will she make it down the aisle? I said we shouldn't ban fracking, and she punched me right in the neck. Or will she refuse to work across the aisle? I just want a guy who tolerates other people's views. Excuse me. Take off that Trump hat, you psycho! The Bachelorette Politics Edition. Oh, we need mail-in dating. The election is almost here, and you can learn all about the issues at the Facebook School of Politics. Who should I vote for? Anyone voting for Trump is literally Hitler. Shut up, you filthy commie. At the Facebook School of Politics, our professors have zero background in anything, but they'll teach you about everything. Whose tax plan is better? Biden doesn't even have a plan to get out of his basement. Trump hates puppies. Your vote is important, so know before you go with the Facebook School of Politics. Can I vote by mail? Democrats are going to steal your mailbox. Trump stole our future when he invented Corona at his golf course. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Boppa speaking. <laughs> oh, you sweet thing. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down. Wiggle in the walk and a giggle in the talk. Make the world go round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big eyed girl to make me act so funny. Make me spend my money. Make me feel real loose like a long neck goose. Like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. I am dancing. What's that, baby? I'm very much liking it. Gregor, I, I gotta be honest but, with you. And Snake Eyes says, you just put the next song tag in. Oh, uh, that, <laughs> In all fairness, Snake Eyes, this was Big's request. He wanted to hear it. Oh, baby, you know what I like. 
Chantilly Lace. Chantilly Lace and Yeah, no, it was Big's request, so thank you very much, Big. Yeah, he's like, we got to mix it up here a little bit. Yeah, so it was already there. Uh, and I am dancing. Yes, I am uh, very much trying to stay warm by dancing. Good evening, everybody. Your mics are potted up. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we uh, we appreciate you guys all being here. Good stuff to go over tonight. As we mentioned right before the break, yes, uh, everybody, we are going to be doing a little bit of math here, okay? So I know some people said it's a little bit too late to be doing math. I'm, <laughs> I apologize. But, uh, it, we, you know, we even said, Gregor, we were going to do this show next Wednesday. We were going to do this show coming up Wednesday, but... Uh, some some things have cropped up, and uh, we listen. And this is going to be a surprise to everybody. But the reason that I wanted to kind of push this show up, and Gregor and I were pushing uh, on the research, and and even Truck and Chick pushing on the graphics. Everybody uh, came together. Everybody stepped up and got the show ready for today, because I'm not. 1,000% sure that I'm going to be able to do a show on Wednesday. I've got a family thing that's kind of come up. Everybody's fine. Nobody, no, Nothing's wrong. I just I don't know. Yes, I don't know that I'm going to be available Wednesday. I'm going to try. If I get to do one, folks, it'll be late like it is today. Maybe even later. Okay? So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not a good thing. If I get to do a show Wednesday, it's going to be a very late show, which is probably why I won't do one. Um, yeah, now if if Snake Eyes and Big Country and Gregor, if you guys want to step in and, and do another show like you guys did here a couple months ago, then all the better, okay? That would be great. But um, your, uh, your boy, Ultimate DJs, will not uh, in all likelihood be here Wednesday. So um, that's why we wanted to get this thing out today. So I really want to say a very special thanks to Gregor, who uh, contributed a great deal to this research. Uh, I also want to thank Truck and Chick, who put together all the graphics for today. And uh, believe it or not, folks, I also want to thank uh, those folks over at Scopely that helped us out with some of the math. Yes, everybody, we were, in fact, able to communicate with Scopely to get some information about some of these and, uh, and be able to, to get a little bit of insight. So I, I want to uh, just give everybody all, the round, all around the board uh, some kudos. So what we'll do here, uh, Truck and Chick, is we will begin, as we have always done, with our very co- first cover slide. Take a look there in the graphics room, folks. And I'm going to uh, just leave Truck and Chick to, uh, to upload the slides as we move forward in the conversation. But she did an absolutely phenomenal job here. So I uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, really, really appreciate uh, you guys being able to uh, to put this thing together for us. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, Captain Bull says you're going to be here on the launch day for territories, DJs. Um, I mean, that's my plan, but I don't know when that's going to be yet. All right, so uh, I hope. Uh, gosh, I hope it's not this coming Wednesday because if it is this coming Wednesday, then I'm in a world of hurt. Okay, so I'm not. Uh, and, and you know, anyway, we'll talk more about it later. Um, Gregor, let's do this. Uh, let's dive right in, okay? And I want to, again, say thank you to Truck and Chick for the slides. Let's jump right in. Folks, one of the biggest uh, things that I constantly are answering questions for people is, uh, is, is my research working? Why is my research this? Why is my research that? It doesn't look like it's working. Um, my research is not getting me the 15% or the 25%, right, Gregor? I mean, we hear that all the time. And, and we've even seen it here on this show, even though people know how the research is kind of, you know, 
not necessarily giving out exactly what it says as far as net yield. You know, for example, we had Mac in here not long ago, Gregor, who said, yeah, hey, I've got the 35% outlaw research, and it gave me a net yield of what? Like 3 or 4%, I think is what he told us. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Two. So, folks, uh, this has been a very long conversation for several days. How can you determine the effectiveness of research? Okay, And, guys, this is a super huge important thing. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to demonstrate to you two forms of research. All right, uh, The first one is whole health, and the second one is going to be repair cost efficiency because these are the, the more defined researches. Like they're actually mathematically able to be proven. And we're actually going to do that for you here today on the show. Okay, um, and Battledroid says, is that based on base values, not additive? Well, Battledroid, it's it's actually both. Okay, uh, you use base values in your calculation, but all figures are additive. Okay, uh, Fartasia uh, is posting up a link here, and and I actually want to give him a big shout out too because we used Elcars 2.0 for a great deal of our research, especially when it comes to base values. So, folks, I want to start with whole health bonus because I'll tell you this: you guys would be shocked and appalled uh, to learn what the true base values of ships are, okay? It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Hey, if you guys are available, why don't you go ahead, if you want to hop in the game, load up an Envoy. Load up an Envoy, folks, and uh, we'll, we'll walk through it together and, uh, and show you. As a matter of fact, uh, Farty, if it's okay, I'm going to post this link here real quick. And, folks, this screen or this tool right here, the LCARS uh, ship calculator, that's what I use to do a great deal of today's research. So a super helpful tool. By the way, it is accurate. It is spot on. All right, absolutely spot on. And uh, you guys should download that if you want to do a little bit of work uh, with your uh, with your uh, ship, uh, your ship stats. Okay, so we're going to start with the envoy. Now, uh, before I get to the actual ship, I want to tell you how many and what researches there are that contribute to whole health bonus. There's a bunch of them. Okay, and there's one building, by the way. Okay, one building. So that's your ship hangar, of course. Uh, you can see mine there. These are my screenshots. Uh, ops 38. I'm getting 114% health bonus. Then uh, I've got these four along the bottom. I got prime hulls. I got hull density, which is the first one I want to look at here in a second, hull density. Then I got hull durability. I got rogue hulls. And then over at the far left, you see them stacked up uh, because those are done by ship type. I've got battleship, explorer, interceptor, and survey hull. All right. And then up in the top right-hand corner, you can see um, the actually the, the column right there in the middle, strength of Kalos, valor of Starfleet, and Romulan Fortitude. Those are all faction-based hull researches. Okay? So there are, if you look right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven researches that will affect literally every ship in the game. Seven researches. Because if, if it's a warship or a survey, then that's that one research over there. If it's a faction ship, um, then you're going to get one of the faction researches up there. And then these four down here at the bottom, plus your ship hangar, they affect everything. Okay, they affect all of it. Uh, so here's what I want to do. I want to start with 
uh, testing this whole health bonus, okay? Uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at hull density. And folks, this particular research here, hull density, you'll notice that it says that it's a bonus of 3,400. Folks, that is... Um, a very, very early research. It's in the combat tree, and it's extremely, extremely early. You guys probably don't even remember this, and if you did look at it, you'd be like, well, gosh, what, what's the point in that? What is a bonus 3,400? A bonus 3,400. Battle Droid says that doesn't count the ones in Galaxy and Rogue research. Uh, yeah, it does. Rogue Hulls is there, and Hull Durability is from the Galaxy tree. So, yes, this, this is right, okay? Trust me, the math is good. <laughs> okay, but let's start with hull density, folks. You'll notice there it's 10 out of 10. Almost everybody should have 10 out of 10 on hull density. It's a very early, very, very early research. And you'll notice that's not a percentage, just like Shinzo said. That's not a percentage. That's the 3,400. Well, folks, this arguably, Gregor, you had actually joked about this when we figured it out. This is arguably one of the better types of research available in the game because this particular research affects base stats all right this is the first research uh, first research in a long line of research modifiers this is the very first one and it actually legitimately changes the base value of your ship's hull so if we go to the next slide here where we're testing the whole health bonus the Tier 1 Level 1 Envoy, brand spanking new, straight out of the gate, with no bonuses, no shipyard, or uh, no ship hangar, no crew, all right? According to Elkars, and by the way, this is correct, according to Elkars, the base health of this Envoy is a measly 651, folks. 651. Can you believe that? That Envoy has a base health of 651, Gregor. What weak sauce that is. Right, big country? Weak sauce. And let's, you, you should talk about how that would compare to 100% whole health research at this point. Okay, that's fine. If you added a 100% whole health research, then it would double up. You'd be at 1302. Woo-hoo-hoo, mama. 1302. Versus- 3400 for that one research yeah yeah well yeah you compare those two researches okay now the 3400 hull density folks that gets added to base it modifies it's the only research in this game regarding hull that modifies the base wham says hull density is in combat not galaxy i think that's what i said hull density is very early it's one of the earliest researches available in the game it's the first one the ver- okay, the very first research. That was, guys, when you were a level one or a level two account, you were working on hull density. Okay, when you were brand spanking new. Look there. Thank you, Wham, for the screenshot. It's the very first research in the game. And we've overlooked it for so long, but it's actually one of the most potent in the entire hull density chain. Because what it does, folks, is it takes the base health of 651 and adds the 3,400 to it. Now, Blue Mandalorian just shows this screenshot here of hull health at 24,000. Well, how does that make sense? How can something go from 651 to 24,000? Well, let's walk it through. Take a look at this screenshot, guys, the testing hull health bonus. We start with the health bonus. Or start with the base health of 651. Hull density adds to the whole health base, meaning that the new base value is 4,051. That's the brand spanking new one. 
All right, that is the base. Now we look at my bonuses. My ship hangers getting me one hundred fourteen percent. Prime hulls getting me one hundred percent. Survey integrity giving me one hundred and fifty percent. Hull durability at eighty five percent, and then rogue hulls, the newest one, at thirty percent. You add all those up, and I'm at four hundred and seventy nine percent. Sum of all bonuses. Sum of all bonuses is 479%. Folks, that is the formula, and we're going to come back to this in, in display form in a little bit ago, but we've always said this is the formula. The formula is base times 1 plus the sum of all bonuses. It's right here on this screen. Base times 1 plus the sum of all bonuses. So 4,051 in my case, and for all of you who have that early research at level 10, 4,051 on a Tier 1 Level 1 Envoy, times one plus the sum of your bonuses. In my case, that's going to yield 23,455. Truck and chick, if you would throw up the next screenshot, let's verify our math, Gregor. Let's make sure that it's actually right. Now, of course, there is one other hull modifier, and that is crew, right? That's crew. You got to make sure that your health bonus is at zero. We can verify here in the screenshot that it is. I put on one single officer, uh, and his whole health points were only 20, so it kept me under that bonus there. And you'll even notice in the screenshot below it, I clicked on the health tab to make sure that I was not getting any bonus. A zero hull health, zero shield health bonus under the health statistic. So I was not getting any addition. And we bring it out here. And we see, and by the way, by the way, the only way to get the true figure is to put that ship uh, put that ship in space. And actually, the screenshot that I sent, I didn't put it in space, but uh, it, was, it was actually very, very close because I took off all my officers and all that jazz. So you can see my value was supposed to be 23,455. And what's it displaying, Gregor, under health uh, on that 23,000? Uh, 23, Folks, the math is perfect. The math is there, okay? Shout out, by the way, shout out Elkars. Their math is right. Shout out Scopely. The bonuses are working, okay? The research is working. Okay, guys, that's what I want to point out. That's how 651 can turn into 23,000. It works. Let's use another example. <clears throat> Let's look at the next slide uh, here, Truck and Chick. Next slide is uh, one that's very near and dear to many of your hearts. Okay, And the reason that I started with whole health is because I wanted to demonstrate that the research is working. And, and if you'll scroll up a slide or two, I wanted to point out how many, how many researches there are. Okay, because that's a lot of researches. All right, folks, let's take a look here at, uh, at, uh, ba- at uh, ship repair. And, Gregor, this is where you contributed, right? This was your ship, a naked Tier 7 Kelvin. Now, folks, I know what some people are going to say. Well, that's a G4 ship. Is this another show for the whales? No, because it affects everybody. But it is, uh, Gregor, what would you say? It is arguably way more, um, uh, way easier to see the differences in the research at your levels because they're so daggone expensive, right? Right. It's more more research to calculate in bigger numbers. Bigger numbers. And and so this is going to illustrate our point a lot better with these larger numbers. Uh, first thing we did, Gregors, we went over to trusty Elkars. All right, we went into Elkars and we pulled the base repair cost for a tier seven Kelvin with no upgrades. And if you'll scroll down on the left hand side of that screenshot, you'll see it: one thousand four hundred and eighty-eight million. One thousand four hundred eighty-eight million. That don't make no sense, Gregor. What is one thousand four hundred eighty-eight million? Uh, 
I don't know. It's billion. Uh, billion. It's a thousand million, which it's is a billion. It's a thousand million, folks, which is a billion. All right. 1.488 billion tritanium. <laughs> Let me say that again because I just got shivers. 1.488 billion tritanium. All right. The bear says, can we just talk about how ridiculous it is with these repair costs? Yes. That's what we're doing here today, bear. Don't don't think that I did all this work with no conclusion. <laughs> Trust you me. All right. Scopely's listening. We got their ear. Okay. 1.488 billion tritanium. But you're not actually paying all that, Gregor, right? You're not actually paying all that. Let's take a look at Gregor's research here, okay? And uh, Gregor made this particular slide, so uh, shout out to you. Nice graphic here, by the way. Uh, looks like it's on like some kind of graph paper or something. Do you do this on some kind of special computer program? Looks, no, yeah, sort of. It yeah. looks like an engineering kind of thing. Anyway, okay, so here are his bonuses <laughs> listed on the left-hand side, folks. Here are the bonuses. He's got, of course, 100% prime repair. He's got 82% federation faction, okay? He's got 35% outlaw mechanic, which is at the beginning of the outlaw tree. He, If you go all the way to the far right-hand side of the uh, outlaw tree, he's got level 1 of the outlaw G4 ship repair, which is 10%, and then, of course, your dry dock. Okay, your dry dock gives you a ship repair efficiency as well. It's 160%. Now, Fartasia says research is key. I don't disagree, but, but, Fartasia, hence in lies the point of our show today. Folks, let's do this math here real quick. 1.488 billion tritanium. And uh, look, even Elkar is getting the credit. You see that, Fartasia? Look at it. Elkar is getting the credit. In the, in the slide there. It's, see it? It says, thanks. Thank you, well, cars. All right. Then, uh, so we do the formula. Now, guys, reductive math is always the same way. Okay? It's just like we did a minute ago. One, if it's reductive math, one divided by one plus the sum of all bonuses. Right? One divided by. If it's additive math, it's one multiplied by. If it's the reductive math, it's one divided by one plus the sum of all bonuses. So let's take a look. Gregor's got one, 0 0.82, 0.35, 0 0.10, and 1.6. You add all that up, and that equals 3.82, or 382%, the sum of his bonuses. You add that to the one, so now his dividing factor is 4.82. 1.488 billion trite divided by 4.82 equals 308 million tritanium. And you can see right there in that little screenshot, that little snippet at the bottom, all right, that 308.7 million is exactly correct. Exactly correct. Elcars, again, saving the day. It matches perfectly to the game. So, the question is, is your research working? Yes, it is. Is it working the way you expect it to? I don't know. Maybe. How do you expect it to work? Is it giving you net yields that are constant and static? Oh, no, it's not. What? You mean math can't be static? That 75%, Gregor, doesn't equal 75%? What the hell are you talking about? Right. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Craziness. Uh, Chick, 
Let's throw up the second slide. I want to do an experiment, Gregor. I want to do an experiment. I want you to take your G4 ship repairs. Now, this is obviously not your screenshot, but um, I want you to take uh, you because you're already level one, right? I want mm-hmm. you. I want, all right, you're level one. That's ten percent, guys. Let, let's just do a quick, easy little bit of math here. Let's do a quick, easy little bit of math. Uh, and and it looks like a part of my slide didn't make it. So, guys, get your pencil and notepaper, okay? If he went from level one to level two. If he went from level one to level two, Gregor, what's the increase in your research efficiency? It's 5%, right? Right. Okay. Uh, guys, go back to the previous slide. Go back to the previous slide. Uh, let me see here where Chuck and Chick is up to. Chick, take that bottom one off just for a second. I want to go back to the one, the blue slide with the base values of LCARs. Guys, go back to that slide. All right. Let's take for a second... Let's take his outlaw G4 research, uh, ship repair research and change it to 15%. Now, let's do uh, what we would all expect it to be, right? Uh, Gregor, we would expect it to go from 10 to 15%, so we expect 5% return, right? I mean, right. Most, if you looked at that... You would and, hope. You would hope yeah, that you'd hope. If you, went into yeah. a, if you went into a store and something was 10% off and something was 15% off, you'd expect the difference to be 5%. All right. right. If something cost $100, you would expect that difference to be $5. So, questions uh, for calculator people. What is 5% of 308 million tritanium? Anybody do that for me real quick? Chick, go ahead and throw up your next slide. 5% of 308 million is 15.4 million trite, Gregor. Okay? Yep. So, you would think that if you went to level two on that research, that it's going to save you 15.4 million tritanium. Except it didn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, Gregor. Net yield is not 15%. The net yield is not 15%, folks. Uh, go back to the go back to the previous slide. And again, I apologize because uh, some of my math didn't make it here. Um, if we change Gregor's 4.82... 4.82 from to, to 4.87, okay? If that's what we change it to, 4.82 to 4.87, the difference is actually, and I'm pulling up my actual note here, the difference, sorry, I'm looking for it. Oh, here we go. If we change it to 4.87 instead of 4.82, then the difference or the repair cost is now going to be 305.5 million. 305.5 million. Wait, that's not, Gregor, that's not 5%, is it? Not even close. Not man. even close. As a matter of fact, it's, uh, it's much lower than that. That is a net yield of 1.02% or 3.1 million try. 3.1 million tritanium when it costs 308 to begin with. So why? Why is that, folks? And now we can move forward in our slides. We are going to introduce you to Scopely Math. Diminishing returns. And that, uh, unfortunately, is, is what we'll probably title today's episode. Research the diminishing product. All right? Uh, the bear says, yes, it is. It's 5% off the $1.4 billion, but but the bear, I will agree with you. That's where the 5% comes from. But do you look anywhere in the game and no, see, and see 1.4? 1. 
Uh, well, yeah, no, actually, you're right. It's not, is it? It's a, it's, it's a, re, it's an efficiency reduction. So it's actually like, uh, what is it, like three, uh, two oh. point? Oh, All you're doing is increasing your divisor. Yes. Yeah, it's actually not. Well, it's still not five percent off one point four billion. By the way. All right. If you do one point four billion times five percent. Uh, I wonder if my calculator has enough zeros to do this. 1.4 billion. How many zeros is that? Somebody help me. Nope. Yeah. Is that right? 400 million. 1.4. Okay. Divide uh, times 0.05. million. Yeah. yeah it's right seven. That's that would be 70 million. The bear. That would be 70 million. Hey, I'd love to take 70 more million off. Okay. But it's that's not what it's doing either. Okay. It's not five percent by any definition of the word. Okay? And why is that? That's because we're watering down our research, folks. Introducing diminishing returns. The more researches there are, folks, the less impact it actually has. Well, that is bullcrap. <laughs> that is utter bull hockey. I'm trying to keep a PG. The law of diminishing returns states that the more researches uh, compounding on each other, the less significant they all become. Think about this, folks. If, if, you're, if your kid is in school, if your kid is in school and he gets a zero on an assignment, which, by the way, I'm all too familiar with. Shout out, Landon. <laughs> if he gets a zero on an assignment and there's only five total assignments in that class, then that zero negatively impacts his grade in a much stronger way. Okay? Battle droids, they're not compounding the return. That's, that's my point. Listen, here, fo- follow me through. They're not compounding anything. It's all additive. All right, so if you get a zero on an assignment, but then you get four more grades and they're perfect, all right, then I essentially have 400 points out of a possible 500. That's an 80% C. Okay? That zero is carrying a lot more weight. But what if later in the semester, he now has 20 assignments, all of which he has aced? Okay? Then that zero doesn't carry as much weight anymore, right? That zero is only one out of 20 grades instead of one out of five. Okay? So now the, uh, the 20 assignments with one zero and all the rest of them being perfect is a 95% A. Folks, it's actually exactly the same way. It's exactly the same way. Take a look at this graph. Uh, Gregor helped put this thing together. We're going to pretend for a second. We're going to pretend for a second that we have eight researches, Gregor. Let's pretend that we have eight researches for survey repair or uh, for repair costs. All right, guys, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna close our eyes. We're going to jump into Imagination Station. Okay, we are going to disappear from the world of Scopely Math and reality and Star Trek Fleet Command, and we're going to enter a fictional world full of numbers and decimal points. All right, let's pretend that there is one ship that costs 100 million Tritanium at base. 100 million. Let's pretend that there is one research in the game, one that affects repair cost and that it caps out at 50 percent that's the scenario we're setting so you've got a cost efficiency research that at level five or level 10 or whatever equals 50 percent bonus right it displays 50 percent well we're going to use the uh, cost efficiency model 
which is reductive math. So we're going to take $100 million. We're going to divide that by 1 plus the sum of all bonuses. And my math didn't get done here properly either, but the first one would have been 1.5. 1 plus 0.5. Okay? 1 plus 0.5. And that would have yielded a return of 66.66 repeating tritanium to repair. So my net return on a 50% research, my net return is still only 33%. You understand? My cumulative benefit also is, of course, 33% because it's the only research there is. So if it displays 50%, you're still only getting 33 because of the way that their math formula works. It's reductive math. Okay? So, Battle Droid, he says, so every time there's a new research at zero, it diminishes it all? No, not necessarily. It just becomes less valuable over time. Take a look at the second research here in this chart. The second research, let's pretend, is another research that's exactly the same way. It's exactly the same way. It is another research that caps out at 50% cost efficiency. Okay? So we're going to pretend now that we've maxed research one at 50%, and we've maxed research two at 50%. So what is the sum of our bonuses, folks? 100%. 100%. Okay, 50 plus 50. So that's actually where Truck and Chick has this now, where the one that's labeled first is actually the second one. 100 million divided by 1 plus the sum of bonuses, so that's basically 100 divided by 2 equals 50 million. But take a look here, folks. All right, that's two researches now that are showing me 100% bonus, but it's only cutting my, my cost in half. The 100 million trite is now 50 million trite. But it also didn't even reduce my tritanium by another 33%. Why, Gregor? Why? Because it is just changing your divisor. It's not a percentage decrease. There you go. All right. It's not a net effect, folks. It is adding to the efficiency. This Scopely math is infinitely possible infinitely possible so for example take a look at the bottom where the numbers are the cumulative benefit is 50 percent but the net benefit of that second research is now 25 percent meaning that that particular research research number two actually gave me less it gave me gave you 16 percent Roughly, 16.5%. Well, I did it based on the net benefit from the previous spot. So I did 50 divided by the 66. Okay? So it, it's essentially 25% because it's it's a fourth of what it of – what, I might have done that backwards, but I'm pretty sure that I did that right. 50 divided by 66, 667. All right, and I might be wrong, but but I'm pretty sure that's right. Now, let's fast forward. Let's go all the way to the to the eighth research. Now, researches number three, four, five, six, and seven are all exactly the same, folks. 50% research efficiencies for each one, and we get to the eighth research bonus. So after eight researches, what should our total of bonuses be? What should our total of bonuses be after eight researches? 400%. 400%. Does anybody disagree? I got 50% on eight researches. It's 400%. Now... 
Uh, the sum of all bonuses is 400%. I'm still going to add that to my base. So that's $100 million divided by five. Uh, divided by five okay? Which equals 20 million tritanium. 20 million tritanium, which only looks like it's roughly 80% off, okay? That it's only 80% off, even though the research formula says 400%. It's a cumulative effect from the very beginning, from base value. It's a cumulative effect of 8%. But folks, look at the difference between research number seven and research number eight. It's taking my repair cost from 22,222, or 22 million, rather, to 20 million. Meaning that that last research that is still displaying 50% is diminishing. It's diminishing. All right? Because the more researches there are, it's just like school grades, guys. The more researches there are, the less important one grade actually becomes. This is not order of operations. This is not uh, net effect. This is diminishing return. This okay. is not compounded research. It's not compounded research, guys. When, you, when, a, when a research says that it gives you 5%, it's, it's not giving you a net effect of 5%. It's not even giving you a net effect of 5% from the base, the bear. All right. It's giving you an increase in efficiency, which they are defining by their model of Scopely Math, which is one plus the sum of bonuses. And Aardvark, now you've got why my head exploded a couple of weeks ago. Research cost goes up. Research nodes get more bountiful. Research levels, guys, we're talking about eight researches here that have a max efficiency of 50, but we know Scopely, each one of these research nodes is probably 10 or 15 level deep. Okay? So let's let's contextualize that for a second. So that first research was a 50%, and you got a net effect of 33.3%. That's how much savings you got. Okay. By the time you went from six to seven, you got the seventh research at 50% and you maxed out that research, your net effect benefit, meaning the difference that you saw is now only 2.77%. Well, and, and his his math is a little bit different than mine. And and, and where are you getting your 2.7? Are you doing that between the two, re, between the two right. values? That's right. Okay. Yep. And I, I did mine but, just but a little bit What I'm bit saying is, is, is the, the effect you feel, right, on your wallet or your resources – is your cost is only going to go change when you're at research six and you know whatever your cost was at research six when you max out that 50 percent to add the seventh research you're only going to see a a, a net effect of less than three percent for that 50 percent change Does and, that make and sense? that's and that's accurate uh chick okay. let's go Let's go. Uh, I, I want to skip the next two slides. I want to skip the next two slides. Go to Gregor's example again, if you don't care. Skip the next two text slides. We'll come back to it. Go, go uh, to the one that says, let's look at Gregor's example again. Let's look at Gregor's example again. All right, hang on. I'll answer questions here in just a second. Let's look at Gregor's example again, Where and it's the same exact screenshot as we had before. The very next slide theorizes about what it would take to actually see a net return that is something that would be that would be uh, worth it. You're right, NCC. Every single research that they add that is the same as a research that they've done before 
makes all the researches, not just prime, but makes all of the researches less valuable. All right, And I don't want to say less valuable because we've already spent on them. We have them. We own them. But it may, if you... If the you impact spent, of the new research is diluted. Thank you. That that's the perfect way. the The benefit or the the impact, exactly as Gregor says, of the new research is smaller. It's diluted. There's more grades in the grade book. Okay, it's 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 diluted. Okay. Now let's take a look at Gregor's theory here. Let's pretend for a second again. Let's step back into imagination land and let's imagine that Scopely said, "Hey." We are going to launch a new Mega Prime. We're going to launch a new Mega Prime. And this new Mega Prime is going to offer you a 1,000% bonus efficiency or cost uh, cost repair efficiency. 1,000%. Okay? Now, NC says, but the research still says, saves Gregor over $1.1 billion in repair costs, so it has value, and I don't disagree. Folks, you need to hear what I'm saying, uh, and, and I've got a couple of solutions coming up here in a minute, because research does still matter. The point is, as time goes on, as time goes on, we added the outlaw research tree, and we were excited about that because there were repair cost efficiencies, but as we have gone through... Scopely has almost done this to themselves <laughs> because they've slowed us down. Gregor, you're only at level one because you're ops gated, right? Or not ops gated. You're reputation gated. You are reputation gated, so it has slowed us down to figure out why. Listen, when the outlaw tree first came out, Mac came into this room on this podcast and said, Gosh, I'm getting 35%, but it's only yielding me like 2 or 3%. Well, yeah. You got it. You got it, Mac, and, and, and this and, is why. And El Chipo, we'll come back to that. It's not just a direct research uh, benefit, but remember, there's a cost to the research, right? That's so right. Not You're not just picking the research direct. up. You're paying for that research in some form or fashion. It might cost $30 million to lithium, uh, $15 million to whatever, whatever, whatever it is. You're paying for that level of research. And don't forget, these researches are multiple nodes deep. Okay, so if you're looking at outlaw repair costs, for example, all right, you're not looking at just one level. You're looking at the total cost. Hey, uh, Fartasia, if you don't care, throw this up real quick. Throw up, uh, and I don't want to do this to be unfair, but let's do it anyway. It'll, it'll definitely illustrate the point. Please throw up the total cost of ownership of G4 repair costs out of the outlaw research tree. <laughs> this is going to get somebody's attention. Total cost, all 10 levels of G4 repair cost out of the outlaw tree. And we'll, we'll come back to this in a second while Farty's gathering the data. But guys, to, to illustrate real quick, if Scopely came out with what we call a mega prime and said that it was 1,000%, 1,000% cost efficiency, folks, 1,000% cost efficiency, then we would now be dividing by 14.82 as a factor and he would still be spending a hundred million titanium. And does this illustrate my point, folks? If if a new prime was offered that offered a bonus of one thousand percent, one thousand percent, Gregor would still be paying one hundred point four million titanium on the exact same ship. Because of the law of diminishing returns. And Battledroid says it right. It would have to be more. It would have to be way more. 
And, and another point to bring up, because I hear people saying, but there's value in the research. I don't disagree, but some research is a lot more value than other research. That's so, right. So, for instance, your, your docs is the highest output you have right now, the highest output to research impact. And that's something that is not an optional research. But, but and as I think you're getting to here, DJ, if we look at the 75% from G4 ship repairs, is that worth the investment to get back the 75% savings? You got it. And that, NC, that is exactly, I think, the point that maybe you're missing. Because, and we haven't gotten to it yet, in fairness. You're saying the research has value. Absolutely it does. If it was free, it's absolutely valuable. All right, but there is a break-even point, right? Guys, anything that you have to pay for has a break-even point, okay? So if we take a look here, for example, Gregor, let's pretend for a second that this Mega Prime came out. Let's pretend that it cost, I don't know, say $1,000, okay? Let's, let's pretend, and I'm not suggesting, I'm not getting any crazy ideas, folks, okay? Don't, don't, but I'm just saying, 1,000% for $1,000, okay? That's the cost. That's the real money expenditure, $1,000, and it's going to reduce his trite repair from $308 million to $100 million. That's $200 million trite per repair that it's going to save him. Now, FYI, Gregor, how many uh, how many millions of trite is in one of your ship packs right now? I think you told me earlier, roughly $3.6 billion. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Take $3.6 billion, folks, and divide by, let's see if my calculator will go to $3.6 billion. There it is. And divide by $200 million. $200 million is 18 repairs 18 repairs of the kelvin to get them to get uh, the value of one ship pack okay so essentially the savings out of one pack is going to is going to net him 18 repairs but this prime costs a thousand dollars so multiply that by 10 uh that is now uh, Gregor, in this particular example, and I think you gave us another real-world example a little bit later, but in this particular example with this quote-unquote mega prime, all right, it would take him, and see, you ready for this? 180 complete destruction repairs of his Kelvin before you break even. 180. And that's if the research was 1,000%. Guys, take a look at that screenshot from Wambulance. <laughs> We're talking ten and fifteen percent. Uh, so, go go so up. What to- we saw, what we saw, <laughs> and here's a key point, right? The original prime repair, the original prime repair was ninety nine bucks for a hundred percent. That affected all your ships. The G four ship repair, and I don't know if he's posted it yet, is way more expensive, for far less effect because not only because it only does seventy five percent, but because it comes so far later in the research tree, right? That's right. It, because it comes later, it's diluted. Now, uh, now that doesn't mean that it's because it comes later, folks. All right, It's just because there are now multiples to choose from. If prime holes came today, let's say, let's pretend for a second that they offered prime holes two today, Gregor, and it was $100 for another 100%, right? Would that be as good of a value as the original prime holes? No. No. Guys, we're, it, it's literally worth dollar. It's worth pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar because today 100% means something a lot different than it did two years ago. 
Okay. Mox Avian says, I hate to say it, but I'm surprised this is baffling to folks. You know, here's the thing. It's not that it's baffling. It's just that people don't know how to math it out. And uh, by the way, thank you, Elcar's Elcar's Fartasia, for posting up that it's going to cost 28 billion steel and 8 billion dilithium to max out the G4 ship repairs. Now, again, uh, of course, this is base value. This is base value, so there are a couple of research efficiencies there that's going to reduce that. But believe it or not, resources on research efficiency is actually a very low research. And here's the most expensive part of that: thirty-two thousand, almost four-star uncommon crystal. Yeah, thirty-two thousand four-star uncommon crystal. <laughs> so you guys, so we did the, I did the math on my packs, and that's that would be roughly fourteen hundred dollars to max this out to get all those resources, right? Assuming you just bought them, right? Fourteen hundred dollars to max this research, which, by the way, gives you seventy-five percent efficiency. Fourteen hundred dollars. For seventy five percent. Go ahead, Gregor. Which, oh, well, and and just to you know further that, I think I believe, and I don't have the numbers up in front of me right now, but I believe we calculate that out as about a uh, three or four percent net cost savings. But or I'm sorry, yeah, di- difference in savings, right? So so that's not a huge game changer, but it's a huge expense, right? Uh, so, so that's what we're trying to point out, guys. And like, like Mac, Mac Sovian said, you know, but people surely they understand this that you're, if it's four hundred percent off, you're not going to get paid to repair. That's true. But does everybody understand how degraded that curve is? Because what, what should be if they happening? bought one research that was one hundred percent, they felt that effect, right? They felt that much more pronounced effect. Another one comes out and they think, oh heck yeah, that was so good. The first research was so good. Let me do it again. Well, wait a minute. It's not making such a difference this time. I don't feel that effect this time. I'm with crazy. Ask the big question. How many Kelvin repairs would you need to do in order to come out ahead in terms of dilithium? And here's the actual math, and and it's really, really long, and it's in my Discord uh, in a a PM. But Gregor pulled out all the packs. Of course, we just said it would cost $1,400 to max the G4 ship repairs. And his... um, here it is right here where you did the math. Folks, to break out on the cost of G4 ship repairs, he would have to destroy his Kelvin about 550 times. 550 full Kelvin repairs to break even on the trite repair savings versus the dilithium acquisition for the research. Uh, by if, the way, if I had invested that money in versus investing in trip, right. right by the way 550 repairs would take about 150 billion tritanium and that is and that is with research with research now folks let me let me know i'm not gonna i'm not saying broken el cheapo as a matter of fact this is working the way it's always been intended and it's working the way it does in every other game model there is. So I'm not attacking Scopely here in, in this regard. I am explaining to you why I think that research needs to change. So, so hold on. It doesn't work this way in EVE, by the way. So that's not every other game model. But Most but I models. will say that Max Sylvian, this is exactly why we're talking about it, because people need to understand what they're getting when they invest in that, right? What, Which is when why they invest, I'm, when they spend their resources, free yeah. to play, pay to pay to play, doesn't matter. You're investing resources. What are you actually getting? What's your net effect, 
right? How does this affect you? Because we want to see, just like you have always preached, Gregor, I've always said to you that I didn't feel the need for a net display calculator, but goodness gracious, goodness gracious, if we ever needed a net display, here it is. Okay. Now, El Chipo says, haha, working is intended. Such a negative keyword that can activate the mob. That's the problem, though, El Chipo. This is working as intended. All right. The cost efficiency model is working. And by the way, mathematically, it's working fine. But the problem is, is that there's not a glossary of terms in this game. Cost efficiency does not have a definition somewhere in the game where people can read and say, well, this doesn't. This isn't a 5% net yield. So, truck and chick, let's go back. I know that we're bouncing and, around, and I'm sorry. Let's go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on that for just a sec, DJ. Cost efficiency is the language they used in all the original ship cost reduction research. If you look at the outlaw tree, which was the genesis of this conversation, if you look at the outlaw tree, they changed the words. So, it no longer says cost efficiency. Now, it says reduction in cost of ship repair. You know what I'm saying? Like the words changed. And so maybe that misled people into thinking it's a compounding, compounding research versus a nope operates exactly as the old research did. But they did change the words in the outlaw tree to say reduce the cost of all ships versus increase the cost efficiency. Well, agreed. The language needs to be universal and and, and it needs to be more clear. So, uh, Chick, let's go back to slide number nine. OK, slide number nine. What does this mean for research? Okay, there's a couple of ways that we can fix this, right? I mean, this is not the end of the world, really. What we're doing here today is we want you to be aware of what you're getting versus what you're spending on, okay? For example, all right, for example, going back to the slide where Gregor said we had eight researches and each were 50%. If each one of those researches cost $100, all right, but research eight, just like Gregor was talking about a minute ago with the primes, if research eight also cost $100, but its net effect was only 10% versus the first one whose net effect was 33%, all right, then we've got a problem, okay? $100 on research one is carrying more weight, giving us more research than $100 on research number eight, all right? The aardvark says, so stay ops 14 and enjoy the game. <laughs> you may no, not. we're just trying to make sure you guys are informed buyers, whether that's, that's right. something you paid for or something you ground out, just be informed buyers and know that when that new research comes out, like the outlaw tree came out, what does that mean? What, is that, what does that mean for you? Battle Droid, you've got it right. They could change this very easily. So let's talk about what it, what it can do. Okay, let's talk about what it can do. Let's uh, let's look at slide number nine. Perhaps one solution, Gregor, is to not add additional nodes. All right, but expand the current nodes instead of adding new trees. Let's expand the current nodes because that's going to force the values to be higher. Okay, the the problem with this is we would love to be able to. Tr- here's here's another possible outcome. How about we remove research dependencies? Okay, I'm okay with there to be an ops dependency. You know, I don't necessarily feel that an ops 20 should be able to unlock level 10 of G4 ship repair. So I'm okay with an ops efficiency. But what about eliminating the research dependencies so that I can choose what research that I want to spend on? Right? Yes, Battle Droid, unlacing it. 
You got it. Remove all research dependencies away from other researches. Now, I'm okay with it being dependent on ops. I'm okay with it being dependent on maybe some buildings, okay? But if if I don't have to do dilithium vault protection level 5 in order to upgrade pure gas 6, then I'm a much happier camper. Remove research dependencies from the research tree and you solve this problem 100% because now scopely I can look at a research I mean and, and this is this is what we're talking about here you want us to choose all right but we can't we literally can't choose what research to do because they're all locked together if I want to max one research I got to max four others all right so if you really want me to be able to choose what research that I want to invest in remove research dependencies if we determine a research is not worth it, uh-oh, that's my bonus refinery timer. You hear that? <laughs> bonus refinery. Time for commercial break. Time for commercial break. Time to go do a bonus refine. Um, if we determine that a research is not worth it, all right, we're likely forced to do it anyway and get a substandard rate of return for a more expensive payout. The, the more we progress in the tree, the less we can count on the displayed effects because of the law of diminishing return. Chick, slide 10. Slide 10. We're going to wrap this up, and then, and then we're going to talk for a minute. Slide 10. What can we do to fix it? One, I don't even remember who said this, but I didn't adjust it on, I didn't mention it on purpose, but whoever said it is absolutely right. Gregor, the number one easiest thing that you could do is adjust the base value of repair costs <laughs> or building costs or you know anything else that's exuberant in this game. If you just took the base value, the 1.488 billion tritanium, and reduced that, then everything else falls into place infinite key says that was his idea all right if or or okay. you could even monetize it by making it a research that reduced base repair cost right well that Not would that be good for monetization sure. but i mean that's an option well that would be and that research would have more effect because it's modifying the base and not being being a part of the additive swimming pool of all the other researches that are being added together okay so yeah uh that would be good uh, adjust base values we can add a number six in here okay which would be to add a research that reduces the base alone before all the other researches come into play so we'll make that a phone number six all right number two as we add research nodes they need to wait more uh we've talked about this packs expand right they call it inflation correct uh we've seen our packs increase right on server 15 as a veteran server our packs today are higher than they've ever been there is a model for inflation well the research needs inflating as well folks you can't have you know for example g4 repair costs in the outlaw tree that was released a year and a half into the game where level one is five percent because that 5% is is actually having a net effect of 1.02%. We did the math. We've already shown you. That 5% is virtually meaningless. It saves 3 million trite. Okay? So instead of it being level 1 at 5%, make it level 1 at 25%. All right, and actually give us something. The later research nodes need to be worth more points. The later assignments in the school year need to be worth more points. 
if they're going to be more valuable. That's why the final exam is always worth mo- the most points in the entire class. A homework assignment or class participation might be worth 10 points. Tests might be worth 50 points or 100 points, but the final exam, that was worth two whole letter grades. You guys remember this? I mean, I, I remember my teacher saying, listen, this final exam is going to be worth half your overall grade. Think about it, folks. If it was half of my overall grade, then obviously it's worth more points than the other 30 assignments I did throughout the entire semester. Okay? If my final exam is worth half of my grade, then the percentage of weight is higher, and that's what needs to happen to research. You need to increase the weight of the research. All right? Number three. Don't add more research nodes, but expand the levels of ones we have. It would automatically natively force the values to be higher. Uh, Gregor, if G4 repair cost max is out at 75%, if they added rank 11, it couldn't be another 5%. It would have to be higher than 75%, right? It would have to grow, yeah, because the, the, the last level grows 25%, so it would have to grow at least 25 or more percent. Problem solved. Okay, weight the levels higher. Give them a higher value. Finally, number four, I already touched on it. Or not finally, but next, number four, remove the research dependencies. All right, remove the research dependencies so we can choose what research to invest in. And I would be willing to bet you would actually make more money that way because players would invest in something they want to invest in. All right. If Gregor wants to invest in a super prime, he will, but not if he has to spend, you know, by the way, that G4 repair cost, I would imagine, Gregor, there's probably other dependencies along the way. You're not just going to go from level one to level 10 just by outlaw reputation. There's going to be other research dependencies along the way. Yeah. I guarantee it. Okay. There's going to be other research dependencies, so remove those. And finally, this one, (laughs) this is the one that Gregor Scopely probably arguably wouldn't want to do, right? Number five, actually display the net effect in the game. Listen, this game is one big giant calculator, okay? Let the game use all of our data, all of our player data, all our research, all our math, and let it actually display an actual net impact number. If we do this research, this is what net effect I'm going to have. If we do this research, this is how much savings I'm going to get. Much less confusion and an accurate portrayal of what we're investing in. All right. Now, I am not going to sit here and accuse or, or blame or anything like that. Okay, This is the model that they've had since day one, and Snake Eyes is absolutely right. This is the model that they've always used. It's just now becoming a little bit more apparent, folks, because we now have four research trees. We have yeah, the galaxy was introduced, then Outlaw was introduced. We've got four research trees, and let's face it, there are some new researches okay which are great but the the filler the extra researches that are the repeats of other researches that we've already done they are actually diluting the pool okay so for example in the outlaw research tree uh when you had for example the assimilated credits gregor that one was a good investment because it was the first research of its kind and has the most impact because it's the very first one. But if we, over the next three years, got four more nodes that improved assimilated credit payout, 
we're eventually going to you know look for a 10 percent increase somewhere that's going to give us a, a half a percent more credits you yep. see because the more researches you add the less effective they become unless they're scaled to adjust for the inflation all right. Well, if we look at if we look at all those all those ship researches in the game right now, that dry your dry docks and your and that prime protection are your two best payouts, right? So, no. like, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like that's that's true. That's the thing. I mean, they're and 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 the frustrating part is the cost is scaling, right? And they might say, well, that's because the economy is scaling, but the economy is not scaling as I showed you in my per research cost analysis. The the economy is not scaling to keep up with the new costs. So it's becoming more expensive to get less of a benefit. And all in all, what we're saying here makes total sense. If if every research was designed to have the same net effect, then this would be this would be a major fail. This tells me that Scopely is not intending all right, and, and I don't mean this badly, but they're not intending for every research to have the same impact. And that's okay. I'm okay with that, truthfully. I'm okay with not every research being the same, but they should scale in value. Okay? If if this research, for example, G4 ship repair, which looks extremely expensive. I mean, mega expensive. If that research is only yielding me 75%, like not worth it. Gregor, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. Not worth it in my book. If you take that 10% all the way to 75%, as you said, you're going to spend $1,400, and it's going to take you 500 Kelvin repairs to break even. Okay? Yep. That research, if it's going to cost $1,400, don't forget, you got a 100% benefit for $100 you know, a year and a half ago. Let's, let's use that in comparison, folks. Okay, and and by the way, Battle Droid has it right. There's no ability to get a hundred percent. All right, even if it said a hundred percent Battle Droid, it's not ever. It's it's infinitely reducible. That's why these games use this model. Th- this means, folks, that that five years from now, they can add a new research and it will still offer a benefit that won't be free. It is uh, what do they call this? It, it's like uh, approaching an infinite point. It will never be zero. Ever, 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 ever. It can never be zero. This model is infinite. And that's okay. I'm fine with it, but it needs to scale. It's got to scale. All right? The labels, uh, El Cheapo, as you say, in my opinion, it's all about the labels. It looks mislabeled. It looks misleading. Well, I, I don't necessarily disagree. You know, that's why I'd like to see net effects in here somehow. All right? Or... The game needs to publish the actual math. Truck and Chick, let's throw up our final slides, and we're going to take our, our final break of the night. Uh, well, slide number... Uh, Captain Mark, Red Angel, nobody's getting screwed because you know the math, right? Like, you know what you're going to get. It's just we want to see that value. We want to see that. Yeah, listen, no, no, this game, the research is working the same way that it always has. My argument... Uh, is not that we're getting screwed. My argument, though, is that things are getting more expensive in a game where they need to be getting less expensive. All right, that is my argument. Things are getting more expensive for for you know the same effects where they should actually be coming uh, becoming more efficient. They should be getting better. So if if for example, I spent a hundred dollars on prime repair two years ago, all right, but today. I'm expected to spend $1,400 on, uh, 
on a, a repair node that's giving me roughly 10% of the original value. Fartasia says it's additive, not diminishing. Uh, the research is additive, my friend, but the returns are absolutely diminishing. The returns are absolutely diminishing. All right? it's. I mean, there's no way around it. The graph shows it. It's a reverse bell. Oh, you're saying that it should be. What it should be, I mean, like I said, there's several different ways you can fix this, Farty. You could even make it so that, okay, all research, Gregor, you had this idea, all research up to and including right now is all additive. But starting with anything else, anything else that they add could be a multiplicative research. So you've got let, – let's take the four trees we've got now and put them in, put them in a different branch. We're going to call it Generation 1, right? And now we're going to start new trees in Generation 2 that are cumulative, multiplicative. Well, there's, there's, there's many ways to fix it. I think the purpose of this, though, is just to make sure everybody was aware of how this worked, right, so that you can do your own math and make sure that you want to spend those resources getting this thing, that it, that it adds the value you think it should add. Or maybe you think that research is not working like it should, but maybe it is. Well, so the re- you, and, and again, I think math. we've sufficiently proven the research is working functional. The research is working perfectly, guys. It's, it's not, it's not uh, listen, don't, I'm not call, calling broken. It's not broken. It's not fraudulent. It's not, there, nothing. It's nothing negative. It just literally, here's the math. Here's how it works. Okay, and here's why I'm going to suggest a fix, because it's not working the way that I would like for it to work. And we've been working on this for a couple of weeks. This is not something that we just stumbled upon. We are 100 percent accurate in our math. It it uh, and that's why we wanted to take some extra time and make sure because we wanted to make sure that that it was right and our interpretation was right. And uh, and so, folks, getting back to what we like to do on this show, math teaching is it worth it you now have to decide okay because yes there are still a ton of researches that are worth it okay highway robbery that is a new research that affects nothing that any research has affected ever before and and therein lies my argument original creative new researches that's what we should be looking forward to that's what we should be excited about investing in because those are the most impactful all right. And what I'm most excited for. Now, if I have to invest in increased mitigation for all ships, all right, to get to highway robbery, then I choose to do so. All right. But that's exactly this point. We want to make sure that you understand so, what you're so investing mi- in. Mitigation in particular is something that we've proven has a point of no effect, right? So that is one thing where I would say that is one different research where possibly you could say it's quote broken a little, right? Or or those already at one percent mitigation. I shouldn't be putting any more points into that. Well, kind of my point. Now, if you're required to to get to another research, is that necessarily appropriate? And that's why I say a very simple fix to this is remove the research dependencies and allow players to choose what they want to invest in, and that, I think, solves everything. I mean, that solves 100% of the problem. I, you know, it may not fix the diminishing return, but it allows me to choose what to spend it on, right? It allows me to choose what I want to put my resources into. 
And that's why I think it's absolutely, absolutely 1,000% the best move that they can make. Even more so than scaling the numbers, even more so than adding additional levels to existing nodes, just remove the research dependencies and let me spend what I want to spend on what I want to spend it on. And there you go. All right. Real quick, I know, Snake Eyes, I know. Uh, Truck and Chick, slides 14 and 15. These are your basic formulas, folks, so that now you too can go and nerd out over your research. Right here is additive math and reductive math. If it's a cost efficiency, if it's something that reduces something, whether it be time, whether it be resources, whether it be materials, whether it be anything else, okay? Reductive math is how you calculate it. There's the entire formula. Thank you, Gregor. And on slide 15, additive math. This is buffing something. This is increasing hull, weapon damage, shield health, armada penetration, critical hit damage, critical hit chances, okay additive math here's the formula and now you can go out and re uh, and and figure out what your net effect is going to be and fyi just in case you have trouble mathing it out professor fartasia has spreadsheets with all of this in it we showed you the ship power calculator he also has a research calculator and a building calculator and a time efficiency calculator and all of those tools are available on the lcar 2.0 discord fartasia throw your link if you want to throw the links to the other spreadsheets you can but folks uh this stuff has already been done we're explaining it to you okay we're explaining it to you but this work has already been done even before me fartasia and ripper did it and it's available on his discord we're going to take a break when we return uh we're going to get your real quick summary feedback and then we're going to play a game give some sport drive components away oh and i can't forget i have a super secret special hint just for you coming up about territory capture it's all coming up after the break don't go anywhere my name is ultimate djs this is talking trek live star trek fleet command's official podcast we'll be back in a moment this program is made possible in part by a grant from Nutrapain, the all-natural fiber-loaded cereal that'll bind up in your intestines like quick-set cement. Here's a little tune that I put together because I know with Election Day coming up, you're going to make the right choice. You are voting for a leader. I'm the best by far. You know it's true. That Biden clown, he's so corrupt and he's going down. And his son's a lowlife too. Now four years since I won, we've got the world at our feet. Fake news has no idea what to do. And don't forget, it's me who makes the country great now. Joe Biden, he has gone cuckoo. Think about it. Don't. Don't you want me? You know I can't believe it when I hear the polls on TV. Don't. Don't you want me? You know I don't believe it when they say that Joe might beat me. It's not too late to find that you can change your mind. You better vote for Trump or you will all be sorry. Don't you want Trump, baby? Don't you want Trump? Oh, don't you want Trump, baby? Don't you want me? Oh. Biden campaign headquarters. Hey, it's the Trump campaign calling on behalf of the president. Is Joe available? Uh, Let me ask him. 
Mr. Vice President, can you take a phone call? You know, the, uh, in, uh, I don't know. Uh, yep, he's ready. You can put the president on. Okay, Mr. President, we have Joe Biden. I know words. I have the best words. Here you go, Mr. Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look at this guy. Go home to mommy. Tell her to tuck you in bed. Uh, you know what? Let's cut this short. They're both a little out of it again. Gosh, this country is so screwed. Don't blame me. I voted for Kanye. That's so funny. Me too. Thank you for the request. You guys are you guys are on point today. Love the music. Everybody's dancing. <laughs> yeah, good stuff there. Uh, thank you for the request. Appreciate it so very, very much. Uh, appreciate you guys here on Talking Trek. My name is Ultimate DJs. Welcome back from break. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast, and your mics are potted back up. I'd like to invite now just a couple of minutes of uh, Community Roundtable. We're approaching the two-hour mark, so we've got to get ready to wrap up. We've got a super, super secret, top secret special hint for you regarding territory capture. That's coming up in about two minutes, uh, but I would also like to uh, spend about five minutes and, and get your guys' feedback. Now, I want to be really clear about something, and Gregor, we uh, we made it uh, a personal goal at the beginning of the show to remain as as positive uh, as as we always do. Okay, and and I want to be really clear. I uh, I have often been described as a shill or you know a scopely cheerleader. In in most cases, that's usually right. But I'm allowed to be critical when I feel it's necessary, and as long as I do it in a professional and objective way, which I think we did here, Gregor. Okay, this uh, actually demonstrates some math that I think the longer it goes on, the worse it's going to get. And up till this point, it hasn't been bad. It hasn't been terrible. The research is helping. It absolutely is helping. But there is going to come quickly a point, for example, like you demonstrated, is it actually worth it to spend all that on a research that is going to cost you 550 Kelvin repairs, 1.5 billion Tritanium before it actually becomes worth it, before you actually see a return on your investment? And that's what we're talking about here, folks, okay? That, that we need to shorten up that investment cycle, right? We need to see a return faster than 1.5 billion Tritanium. Don't you agree? 
Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's what we're driving here, folks. It's not that we're, you know, pooping on Scopely. That's not it. We're just seeing now uh, maybe a, a pattern emerge when it comes to duplication of researches that we need to take a good hard look at and improve the the way that it's going to work. And and listen, Cam says probably not going to happen. I I don't know. I I hope that you're wrong, Cam because we have seen Scopely be incredibly responsive to things that we have brought up, all right? We have seen Scopely be incredibly responsive to ideas that we've had, to feedback that we've presented as a community, and I think that this is, you know, listen, let's go back six months. We talked about uh, the need for independent credits. Scopely ramped up the independent credits. Then we talked about the need for officer badges, and Scopely ramped up the officer badges. This stuff doesn't happen overnight, but it's happening. I mean, how many of you guys, just out of curiosity, how many of you folks are actually starving for badges today? How many of you are starving for badges today? I would imagine it's very, very few people because they increased the flow of badges to the point where we actually now have them if they're available. Red says, I'm swimming in badges. Batteroid says, I'm not at all. Um, Truck and Chick says, I got 14 of each. Starbase says, I could still use some more. All right? Badges are even easier for new players. All right? So for those free-to-plays who were stuck needing badges here three months ago, well, that problem has also somewhat prepared itself. Okay? Now, Hudson, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. This is what spawned this conversation. Someone said earlier, Gregor, how do you think the buffs from territory capture are going to work if they're going to be at diminishing returns if we already have researches that are in that queue? And that's why, that is 1,000% why, Hudson, we decided to go ahead and do this because we've been working on it for a while. Well, we've got outlaws that came out and then, and then the returns from the territory capture. And, and not just that, but honestly, how many times is true? There's a lot of times in this game you get messages from people saying, is that research worth it? Or I don't think this research works. Work, yeah, and is it working? Yeah. Just, yeah. And so you guys in this podcast, yeah, you guys are in the know, but maybe not everybody knows. And maybe they'll learn something from this. Yeah, absolutely, because the research is working. And again, up to this point, it hasn't been game-breakingly broken. Like The game is working fine, okay? And even my, my argument is that the research is not broken here today, okay? It's working, and some researches are worth more than other researches, and this is where your strategy comes into play. You know, I don't remember who said it. It might have been Mac. It might have been Mac um, that, uh, that said this when we were talking about resource management. This is a game of resource management. And this podcast, this episode is designed to help you be a little bit more armed with information as to what researches you should be investing in. Because Panic said it on this show, there's going to be additional buffs. There's going to be additional buffs, and uh, you had uh, you had mentioned the Outlaw Tree. We've got the Galaxy Tree that's new, and now we've got territory buffs that have presented themselves by owning these territories. How are they going to present? Is it another additive? Or, hopefully, fingers crossed, could these buffs be cumulative or multiplicative, which I would greatly hope that they could be. 
That would be wonderful. That solves the problem, right, Gregor? That would solve the problem. That would give a huge value to the owner of a territory if their uh, if their buff or their benefit from owning that territory was, was not compounded was with com- their research. Exactly. Yeah. Compounded over. Like if you take the final value of your research and then bump it by 10%. All right. NCC says, do we have a list of these buffs that territories can provide? We do not have that yet. No. But uh, if you go back far enough in the graphics room, we saw Panic gave us two of the territories. Two of the territories, um, one of which showed, here it is, one of which showed Tholus Gamma with a 10% upgrade cost reduction, or it says minus 10% to upgrade cost. Now, if that is another additive, you know, or another cost efficiency, that's going to not carry a huge degree of weight. But, Gregor, if it takes our final calculated cost efficiencies and then cumulatively or compoundingly reduces that by 10% while we own that territory, that would be massive. Agreed? I mean, that would be huge. That is a true, then, a true 10% net yield. All right? And that's why this comes up now. All right? Because we know buffs are coming. So how are those buffs going to be calculated? This is very, very important. NCC says stacking would be worth it, and I agree. It needs to be stacking. Okay? There we go. Any other questions or anything that we can answer? I hope that I made my position very, very clear here is that uh, we just want you to have the information and maybe, Scopely, we can hear this and come up with ways to improve the efficiencies moving forward. Okay? Anybody else have any ideas? I guess that's it. All right. You guys are wanting your clue. You guys are wanting your clue. Let's do it right now. Here's your clue. (laughs) Gregor. Not very many people are going to be super excited about this clue. I mean, it's 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 pretty significant. Well, you gotta tell us. I am going to tell you. All right, After folks. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have any more breaks. <laughs> We're done. All right, folks. During the uh, panic interview, during the panic interview, he told us that the way to score points in territory capture was twofold. One, sit on a capture node with any ship and two to spend time in that system and we joked after panic left in the remaining part of that episode we said listen you could just outrun your opponents put a speed crew on a vidar speed crew on a rialta and just outrun your opponents and then some players started saying well gosh gosh this could be an alternate fest if everybody creates low level alts and stacks them in your alliance then you can just have a bunch of players in there that other players cannot hit, and you'll win the territory. Well, folks, ah, therein lies your clue for today. It's not even a clue. It is a complete mechanic that I'm revealing to you right now. Yeah, Altfest, Arian, you say Altfest, so accurate. Ladies and gentlemen, Scopely has foreseen this uh, potential outcome. Scopely has foreseen that players may create alts to help capture territories, and Scopely has said, Nuh-uh-uh. Nuh-uh-uh, ladies and gentlemen. PvP banding inside contested territories will be removed. Free range. 
any ops can hit any ops inside the territory capture areas, all right? Meaning that, Gregor, you, as a level 45, uh, 49, sorry, <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to shortchange there. You, as a level 49, can come down and smack that level 15 right off that capture node. I'm going to beat the dickens out of everybody. <laughs> Folks, there is one of the of the upcoming hints. I'm going to try to do it again until territory capture, or at least until another arc is launched. I'm going to try to – I've always said I'm going to try to do it during downtime. Uh, I'll try to give you hints as to what's coming up in the near future. And this is one specifically for territory capture. Now, again, let me reiterate, I don't know when that's actually happening. Uh, we have definitely placed our bets, right, Gregor? We, uh, we even joked on the last show and said, hey, you know, when summons was announced, uh, then it wasn't very long before we got it. And even Panic said that territory capture would be the next big update. He said it would be the next big update into the game. So... Uh, that could mean that it comes with the next arc. But however, that doesn't necessarily mean that. The next arc could be minor. We don't know. We are getting into the holiday season, folks, which means that we could see we could see uh, deployment drop down a little bit as we're keeping up with people's holiday schedules and so forth. But whenever it happens, whenever territory capture actually presents itself during a takeover – during a takeover in those contested territories, PvP banding will be eliminated. There will be no PvP banding in a contested territory. Now, Gregor, this, uh, and I don't want to take a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to point out a couple of possible ramifications. All right? Because I don't know how this is going to work. They specifically said, this is the hint that I was authorized to release, that PvP banding would be non-existent in the contested territories. However, Gregor, we also know that players who own a territory are allowed to port into that territory. Does this mean that a level 49 could come in, not port in, but you could black alert in, I guess. Does this mean that a level 49 can raid a level 15 in a contested territory? We don't know. Could mean. Could it, be. It I could, don't know. It could be. We don't know. But that is one thing that I foresee happening here. Another thing, folks, by the way, that uh, that we saw in the patch notes or that we saw in the blog post from Panic is that if you are based in a territory system, when you lose the territory, if you're in a territory system, when you lose the territory, you will not be able to shield now, folks, that simply means get the heck out of Dodge. It isn't, don't it run is, out of reload tokens. Yeah, don't run out of reload tokens and don't stick around. If you see an upcoming takeover, you either need to be online to play or you need to go ahead and port out of the system if you don't think you're going to be able to play. Because at the end of that takeover, if you're still there, uh, you're not going to be able to shield up. All right. Uh, so when your shield does finally fall, whenever that is, uh, you're free game, and you cannot shield back up unless you port out of the system. So if you're not online, you're going to get raided. And, uh, again, like I say, I don't know how that presents for base raiding in that territory. I don't know if it's just PvP during the during the takeover or if it's just PvP uh, anywhere, you know, at any time inside those zones, but they specifically said PvP banding will not exist uh, for players inside the contested territories. Okay. But I don't think this is actually such an uproar because almost everybody has agreed that as long as it's contained to specific systems, they don't really have a problem with it. 
yeah. in the path they have anyways. So Yeah, and, and it looks like the chat is actually being pretty, uh, pretty favorably responsive to this as well because you know that that's how points are going to be accumulated. So, uh, you know, if there's one level 15 player uh, competing against Gregor for a territory, then Gregor can take that person out. Okay, so uh, anyway, there's still a lot of details that are going to come. And you're right, guys. Uh, very interesting that you're right. The people who read the patch notes are definitely going to have a leg up in this arc. And uh, not only that, but I would argue the people who listen to this show are going to have a leg up when it comes to territory capture because we're going to continue dropping nuggets for you as time goes on. Okay, uh, so and we will try to get clarification on the shield. Don't speculate too much. Wicked Witch is right. Too much speculation. Uh, for example, Battledroid says, so if I have a seven-day shield, I might lose it. We don't know yet. We do not know. I'm not, you know, I can't tell you what I don't know, all right? But I will try to seek clarification, and I will try to give you a hint a little bit later. All I know for now is what we've read on the blog, which is you will not be able to shield, and what we've been authorized to tell you, which is inside the uh, territory capture systems, PvP banding will be eliminated. Okay? Uh, I'm with Crazy says, in a small way, does this reduce the need for teamwork? Instead of Uber murder death ships, uh, we'll be able to rule where previously they would have needed an alliance member to come help. Again, don't forget, you still get points for, for being in the system. All right? So you can still just go run around. It's just that if you're in there, you're there for PvP. If you are in there, you're there for PvP, and you can be killed. Big Country says, I think Panic mentioned that hint, DJ. So if he did, can we get another one? No, he did not mention that because uh, that, that was not stated. As a matter of fact, we talked about it, but he didn't say I'm one way big. or another. I think he did. No, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he did. No, he said there would be no PvP banning at all? I must have missed that. I must have so give us that. another. I'm going to go back and listen. No, that's all I'm authorized to share for tonight. <laughs> I got nothing else tonight. I'll have to find another one. I'll have to find another one. But, Gregor, if I don't do the show Wednesday, are you and Big going to do a show Wednesday? Because if you are, then I'll try to get you a hint. Are you uh, guys going to do a show sure. Wednesday? Big, sure. what, what are, you, are you up for it Wednesday evening? Are you and, are you and Gregor going to do episode two of the uh, – of the the what was it big uh, Gregor's big country cast is that what we were called <laughs> I don't remember yeah biggest country yeah no I can all right I can well maybe we'll is, maybe, it, is the mic better is it, is my audio better you can definitely be heard much much better Devil's Advocate okay. says uh, only if the hint I agree is better with Devils it depends on the quality of the hint all right well I'll get you I'll get you a hint really I I could have swore he didn't say that. I was really excited about being able to tell you. I didn't even find that out, guys, until like Thursday or Taco Friday. Taco Bell uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that it's getting late. It's time to give away some sport drive components. Let's do it. Yeah, Steven Zarin says he did not say it. Steven Zarin says he didn't say it. I didn't think he said it. Blue Mandalorian says that's old news, but I don't think you guys... I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Y'all trying to get another hint out of me. Yeah, I see. Well, uh, yes, yeah, 73 active players, Arian. You said it seems a little low, but it is really, really late. It's 4 o'clock in the morning in Europe. All right. It's late. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Talking Trek's Fast Money. We're going to give away some sport drive components. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see if the bot's working here. 
Spock the Avenger. Spock the Avenger, you're our player. Congratulations to you. Spock the Avenger, you have an opportunity now to choose your partner. And uh, hopefully I can get you to play. Uh-oh, Spock the Avenger says he just won. Let me check the list. Spock the Avenger. Oh, wow. Hey, Spock, you're actually good, man. The rule is 30 days. You won on September 30th, which means October 31st, you reset. (laughs) Well, that's very kind of you. Spock says give it to somebody else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do another contest pick. That's very, very nice of you, Spock. All right, folks. Swagger, congratulations to you, Swagger. You're our player. All right, Swagger, you've got an opportunity to play for some Sport Drive components. Swagger, where are you at, buddy? He should pick. He should pick Spock as his partner. Swagger, where are you at, buddy? Hopefully, we don't have to pick a third player. There's Swagger, and he is choosing Spock. Spock, you're going to have to play anyway, buddy. But maybe if you if you want to give your, your prize to somebody, we'll let you do that. All right, folks. Swagger, are you able to play in voice or do you got to play in text? Swagger, can you play in voice? Swagger, where are you at, buddy? All right, he's going to play in text. All right. And I'm going to open a PM with you right now. So you'll need to respond to me here. In private message, I just sent you one, so there we go. And Spock is also going to play in text, so I'm going to send you a PM message there. And what we're going to do right now, Spock, don't go anywhere. Don't freak out. I'm going to throw you into the soundproof booth. All right, so you cannot hear any of the answers. Spock, everybody say goodbye to Spock. We'll see him back here in about five minutes. Bye, Spock. All right, Spock is locked away. He's all hidden. And uh, there we go. All right, Swagger, I've got you in. Private message. Here we go. The rules of the game are simple. Fast money. I'm going to give you five questions. The top five answers are on the board after we surveyed 100 people. Top five answers are on the board for each question. You and your partner must combine for 200 points. If you do, then you win today's prize. All right. Are you ready to play? Let's go, he says. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Talking Tricks Fast Money. Speed round. Here we go. All right. You're going to have 30 seconds, uh, sorry, 45 seconds on the clock, Swagger. 45 seconds on the clock that will begin after I finish reading the first question. Here we go. Swagger, name a country known for having beautiful weather. Name a country known for having beautiful weather. What do a lot of people eat at Christmas? What do a lot of people eat on Christmas? Oh, answer me now. There you go. Name a good material for a winter coat. A good material for a winter coat. Name something that's often brought into a pawn shop. Name something that's often brought into a pawn shop. And what would you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? Name something you'd be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley. All right, there you go. Very good. Plenty of time to spare. Very nicely done, Swagger. All right, we've got your answers, all five answers on the board, and let's see how they stack up. Truck and Chick or maybe Wicked Witch. Somebody help me out with points. Here we go. Name a country known for having beautiful weather. Your answer was Greece. Greece. Survey says... 
Not on the list, actually. Grease is not on the list. Uh, here, let's try this, this next one. What do a lot of people eat on Christmas? You said ham. You said ham. Survey says... Very good. Ham is on the board for 31 points. Nice job. Name a good material for a winter coat. You said fur. You said fur. Survey says? Good for seven points. Seven points on the board. Name something that's often brought into a pawn shop. You said a watch. A watch. Survey says? Good for 17 points. And finally, what would you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? You said bowl a perfect game. Bowl a perfect game. And survey says good for three points. Three points. All right. So not a super high ranking answer right there. But nonetheless, uh, you did uh, you did pretty daggone good there. Okay. We're going to get uh, your total points here as we hop back into the chat. Very good. Truckin' Chick says that you got 58 points. Only 58 points, so we need 142. Yikes. All right, we got some work to do here. Let me see if I can find where Mr. Spock is. There he is. All right, Spock, welcome back. Very good, buddy. Welcome back, Spock. All right, now here's the thing. Spock, your partner didn't do so well. He got 58 points. He got 58 points, meaning you need 142 points. All right? But you can do it, Spock. I got faith in you. All right? Here we go. I'm opening up the PM window. There you go. Please respond and let me know that you're good to go in PM. Spock the Avenger. There we go. All right. Spock, you're going to have 60 seconds on the clock that will begin after I finish reading the first question. Are you ready to play? Talking Trek's Fast Money. He says, okay, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's play the feud. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. We'll begin after I finish reading the first question. Spock, name a country known for having beautiful weather. Name a country known for having beautiful weather. What do a lot of people eat on Christmas? What do a lot of people eat on Christmas? All right, name a good material for a winter coat. Name a good material for a winter coat. All right, name something that's often brought into a pawn shop. Name something that's often brought into a pawn shop. All right, what would you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? What would you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? Okay. (laughs) I like that last one. Okay. All right, guys. Plenty of time to spare. We got all of our questions in. Let's see how he did. All right. We needed 100. What was it, uh, Chick? You said we needed 142 points. We need 142 points. Let's check it out here, Spock, and see how we did. You said to, uh, let's see, name a country known for having beautiful weather. You said the United States. United States, you said. Survey says... Very good. And the number one answer on the board for 27 points. The USA was the country known for having the most beautiful weather. 27 points there. What do a lot of people eat on Christmas? You said turkey. Turkey. Survey says. Very good. And also the number one answer with 39 points. 39 points. Name a good material for a winter coat. You said wool. Wool. All right. Survey says. 
Very good. Also, the number one answer at 44 points. Oh, we're getting close. Chick, where are we at here so far? Yeah, he's on a roll. Where are we at? He's got 168, meaning that you only need 32 more points. 32 more points. You got two questions left. 32 more points with two questions left. Name something often brought into a pawn shop. You said jewelry. Survey says. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. He got it. Yes, he did. Wow. What a great job, dude. Woo-hoo-hoo. Man. Yes. God, dude. That was a rail of answers. Yeah, you did a great job there. Let's uh, let's check this thing out. He got most of the uh, he got most of the number one answers. That was the number one answer. Name something that brought into a pawn shop. Jewelry was the number one answer. And finally, what would you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? Getting a strike. Getting a strike was the number one answer. Nice job, guys. Very good. Guys, uh, you've got PMs open with me already. Please send me your player ID. And you have an opportunity now to choose between 250 G3 or G4 Uncommon Materials, G4 Uncommon Parts, or 250 Spore Drive Components. Yes, you have your choice, so please PM me your choice, and we'll hook you up with your prize. All right, thank you guys so very much for playing Talking Tracks Fast Money. Yeah, he got all of the number ones. He got all the number ones. Just for the record, um, (laughs) time to spare. That's funny, big country. Uh, For the record, his last one, uh, what would you you be surprised to see a child do at a bowling alley? Uh, Get a strike was the number one answer. But his guess, I'm glad it didn't come down to this one because his guess was fall down, (laughs) which was not on the list. Fall down? Not on the list. That wouldn't have made it. So I'm glad it didn't come down to that one. Uh, He got it on uh, number four. So good job. Great job, guys. All right, folks. I think that's it. We have run so far over our time. Snake Eyes, we're going to have to biz out. Uh, Folks, thank you so very, very much for being here. Thank you for hanging out on the Sunday night edition of Talking Trek Live. Don't forget, we are going to hang out for just a couple of minutes afterwards. I'll answer some questions. Hope that you guys got some good, good information here tonight. And again, let's focus on the positives, all right? Let's focus on what we can do to make it better, and let's focus on the education and the knowledge of what you're spending your hard-earned resources on, all right? For those of you listening in podcast form, you can see all of our graphics by joining our Discord. All you have to do there is visit our website. It's got a link, all right? The website is TalkingTrekSTFC.online. TalkingTrekSTFC.online. If you go to that website, you're going to see links for our Discord. Join our Discord and even come in. You got a chance to win. Even if you don't listen live, go type something in our spam it room. All right. If you haven't done so, guys, go into the spam it room and uh, click on something up there. All right. Click on anything, type anything, post a meme, and you'll be registered to win a prize with our spam it contest, which is actually scheduled to come up uh, this Wednesday. So maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see if we're going to give that away or if we're going to if we're going to have Gregor and Big Country do it, all right? Don't forget this coming Wednesday, Ultimate DJs will not be here, but Gregor and Big Country appear ready and willing to jump in on the show. So we'll give you more details on that coming up a little bit later. Also on our website, please visit and link on over to our YouTube channel. We posted up a new YouTube video this past week on Halloween's Trek or Treat. Uh, it's over now, but hey, go watch the video, support the channel. We'd appreciate that. You can find our YouTube channel by visiting our website at Talking Trek SDF 
www.ufc.online. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, all right, and click the little bell thingy. That way you know what's coming in the future. Also, from our website, you can find links to our Amazon store, to our Talking Trek merchandise store, and uh, to our patron program, all of which are ways that you can financially support the program. I would like to say very special thank you to our gold patrons. Let me just read them out here real quick. Hey, Gregor, thank you so much. Scott, Venkman, I Beglin, Big Country, Trash Panda, Doom, Hank, uh, Chuck Zagrunt, uh, Pops, Dark Lord, Stevens Aaron, JB, Ahab, Energy, Fukum, Hi, I Bombed You, Thorn, Virtual Army, Jay Bird, Morgul, DJ Gurr, Red 2, and Hani, Just Skippy, Aceus, Dunk, and Bojack, Ape 13, Crush, Jonathan Ingram, Jason, Tabby Moza, Regis, McRock, Lady Kess, Frank Gallo, Engineering Free, Philly, Hudson, Doc31R, Morpheus, Fartasia, Nick Burns, Cam, Coulter, NC, Jetski, Wingnut, J-Filler, Fluffy Puma, CCXN, Devil's Advocate, Goofy Names Rock, Leonidas, Olfino, Space Sheriff, Rexnar, Striker, V-Ready, Jerry Ryan, Indie Dandy, Quackfu, Mr. Fusion, Callus, Kingo 101, Nostromo, Silent Stabber, Commander Taylor, uh, Commander Taylor, Damadarks, Blue Mandalorian, and our newest gold sponsor, Muxavian. Thank you guys so very much for being supporters of Talking Trek Live, a registered trademark and recorded in front of a live studio audience for distribution across podcast platforms everywhere. My name is Ultimate DJs. I'll see you next weekend. Love you, Mina. Bye-bye.